Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Believe it or not, there are several gas and oil leases being shut down right now in the U.S. And Joe Biden is getting ripped apart because uh, uh, he's getting slammed over it. It's his administration. Gas prices just hit a new all-time record high average at $4.41, and people are feeling it. There's also formula shortages and a report coming out that illegal immigrant processing centers are getting baby formula. Yeah, Ian looked shocked as soon as I said it. So, (laughs) so yeah, it's like if if the the two things you shouldn't do when things are bad. So my, my point is, the, the, shutting, the shuttering of oil and gas leases is not 100% on the Biden administration, but some of it is. And I think it does show bad leadership, period, for whatever reason it happened. And it's just a r- remarkable how many people try and say, it's not Joe Biden's fault. Everything's falling apart. Yeah, I don't care what you think in terms of the fault. Regular people right now are reeling from the economic crisis in an election year. I think November is going to be absolutely brutal. We got a couple other stories, though. Youngkin has finally stepped up and said the people protesting at the Supreme Court justices' homes should be arrested. We have this report about Merrick Garland. Apparently, he's got the FBI going after uh, parents over you know this this whole school thing with CRT, and uh, um, I, I believe the report says he's lying about it. So we'll get into all that stuff. And then we have in Texas, a law barring social media companies from censoring people was actually just reinstated. So that's going to get spicy. We'll talk mm. about that along with Elon Musk. And joining us to discuss this is Will Chamberlain. Good to be with you guys. Um, senior counsel at the Internet Accountability Project, which fights big tech abuses and pushes for regulation on big tech companies from a conservative perspective, and the Article 3 Project, which previously pushed for the confirmation of Trump's judges and now just generally opposes uh, the left's attempts to put really wacko liberals in the court. Well, all right. Fantastic. Uh, I'm Seamus Coglin. I run a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes. We just uploaded a video today called Bro v. Wade. I think you guys <laughs> should go check that one out. You will enjoy it. And uh, over to you, Ian. Hi, everyone. Love you. Uh, hopefully we can maybe focus less on blaming people for this crap and work together and figure out how to make it better. That's what I'm here for. I think Lame. it's your fault. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds like something yeah, you would say if it was your fault. Dramatic. I get it. Right now, you have leftists arguing that cryptocurrency is a scam mm. and advocating for all the leftists to get away from it and never buy it, never buy in, never support it. And Ian's still like, they're good people. I support them. Yeah, I want to help them change their message because cryptocurrencies that don't have a utility are intrinsically scamishly oh. trashy. But the utility brings value to the token. You've got massively funded special interest industrial complex funded NGOs screwing over the little guy you're not it's it's like the wild west of economy before we made laws no, no, to make no, that I'm stuff illegal I'm talking about the political advocacy against crypto from the left specifically oh, I can't wait to get into it tonight let's we'll do it I just uh, uh sorry I don't want to bring the tone down but today's news really kind of infuriated me between the the news of the gas leases being canceled and this formula that Americans actually really kind of need because parents are being forced to drive around with $5 a gallon gasoline to find formula for their children a little bit infuriating so hopefully we can keep keep happy 
Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive segments of the TimCast IRL podcast that go up at 11 p.m. We swear a lot. They're not family friendly. <laughs> They're uncensored and uh, often very offensive. But that's the point. It's our speakeasy. It's where the adults go in the after hours. You'll also be supporting our journalists and you'll be supporting alternative infrastructure because we use Rumble infrastructure for our website and we are expanding we are getting away from these big tech Silicon Valley companies, and we are moving over towards alternate infrastructure so that we can't be censored and that we can help build a competitive ecosystem for tech, which will allow people to have their opinions. So TimCast.com, but don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show if you really like it. Let's read this first story we got. The Biden administration cancels prominent oil and gas leases. One environmentalist said the announcement was good for the climate, which can't handle new oil and gas development. Well, let's get to the the uh, nuance here. Quote, due to a lack of industry interest in leasing in the area, the department will not move forward with the proposed Cook Inlet OCS oil and gas lease sale 258, a Department of Interior spokesperson told Fox Business. However, there's also the Department of Interior ending two leases for the Gulf of Mexico region because of conflicting court rulings that impacted work on these proposed lease sales. So, I'm not going to come out here and try and play some tribal nonsense where it's like Joe Biden arbitrarily just destroyed an oil and gas lease. There's actually questions about whether or not these these companies are trying to drill for oil. But I wonder, when you get a president like Joe Biden, who actually shuts down an oil pipeline at this time, how many companies feel safe investing tons of money in new infrastructure that Joe Biden might turn around and just shutter overnight without due process, just executive order, you're done. Why would an oil and gas company want to go build in Alaska when the president has already shown he will destroy your investment? This is bad leadership. I agree with that, actually. I, I, I'm not a huge advocate of burning unlimited fossil fuel without attempting to reco- reco- uh, recover the carbon. But it seems like maybe this is he's incentivizing people to get off oil. But it's like just a dumb way to do it. Like, I'll destroy everything so you stop using it. Doesn't make any sense to me. Well, so you, you in, in, in the Gulf instance, you've got environmentalists. We just had that story about the the electric, electrical plant shutting down. I think it was called Talon mm-hmm. because they said regulations on climate change. So they're like, we're shutting down. Yo, I'll tell you this. You think you think the, fa- the baby food shortage is bad? Let me just lay it out for everybody because they're like, what did Joe Biden do to make the gas prices go up? All these fact checkers are like, it's not true. Joe Biden bans oil and gas leases on federal lands, speculation goes up because supply is expected to be diminished in the U.S. He just shuts down the Keystone Pipeline. How much money did that cost the oil industry? A lot. And I'm not saying I like the oil industry, guys. Then all of a sudden they're like, why aren't they investing to build new new oil drilling up in Alaska? It's their fault we're not getting any of this stuff done. Why would anyone want to invest in the United States energy production when Joe Biden has shown he has complete disdain for it? You're going to lose all your money. Go go build in Saudi Arabia or go build in, in Qatar and build that pipeline or whatever. Yeah, it's basically, I mean, it's really childish, right? I mean, there's there's a reason. I'm not generally like this Russia hawk or whatever, but Russia literally did fund green energy groups in the United States to try yep. and push against domestic oil production, which is kind of an obvious thing to do from their perspective because, hey, that gives them allows them to kind of corner the market and increases demand for their natural resources, which they're perfectly happy to drill in whatever way they want to see fit. Um, and so I think, yeah, I mean, 
I was looking at some of the information. I don't know that the, the cancellation of these leases was more about them like giving up on a couple of like ones that had a conf- had some conflicting court rulings about yeah, them. Yeah, it was the Gulf. Um, and I, there was like even Democrats, and I think there was like a Tim, Tim Kaine was on giving a speech about, hey, we we really need to increase production here. I don't know if you guys are are trying <laughs> hard enough here in the administration. Like, I don't know. I feel I feel like we're in a phase where. It's like you've got – I think the White House probably is now because they're so full bore towards Ukraine and to Russia. They're like, okay, fine. We'll, we'll let the oil and gas leases run. But maybe the message hasn't trickled down to the bureaucrats yet. Take, take a um, look at this. Triple A gas prices. 441. I guarantee you the Biden White House does not like this, right? Like, they're, I, I, like there are a lot of things. They're, they're conniving. They're obnoxious. But they're not m- complete morons. So <laughs> they, they do know that, you know, gas prices at this level will lead to them losing power. Well, no, no. I mean, you know, the, the, the dudes who are engaged in a bank heist are not stupid. But why would you assume that they're looking out for your best interest? No, they're not, right? Like the, the, that's I, I don't assume that ever that they're looking out for their best interest. I just know we're, we're six months out of an election like, and – the, the, the Joe Biden election to me would be like John Dillinger, like trying to get appointed as the head of a bank branch and yeah. people being like, I never heard of this guy. He sounds great. And we're like, please, please do not give this guy. I'm telling you, he's going to loot the coffers. And they're like, I don't know. He looks trustworthy. Cool name, too. And then all of a sudden, you know, the bank is failing and you're like, I can't believe this is happening. Well, Joe Biden's crooked. He's always been crooked. You put a crooked guy in charge. Crooked things happen. Mm-hmm. And now all these people are like, why is gas higher than it's ever been? Yeah. They try to play the game. It's not Joe Biden's fault. It is Vladimir Putin and the unprecedented pandemic. And it's like, dude, if Joe Biden didn't cancel Keystone, if he didn't ban oil and gas leases on federal lands, if they weren't making the moves they're making now, my, my, my point, I'll just summarize it with this. If Donald Trump was president, he would be like, you know, he'd be yelling, get me the head of these companies. I want them in here right now. What's going on? They're making me look bad. We need to get these prices down. And they would have a meeting. You'd hear in the press that the head, the CEOs of these companies are coming to the Oval Office. Donald Trump would be like, what do we got to do to get you producing? They'd say, these regulations are impeding us. And he'd be like, we're getting rid of them. Get the oil baby drill. And the prices would be going down. And then they'd it's be true. fracking. I heard uh, earthquakes have gone up because of fracking. If you look at like Oklahoma earthquakes where there's like no earthquakes, all of a sudden since they started fracking, you see massive amounts of microquakes. They're but not that, huge. But, but, but that's a good thing. Of course, earthquakes are always fantastic. <laughs> What's happening is they're taking liquid out of the earth and it's leaving like a, a, a craterous vacuum in there and then the, the, the crust just well, ends that- up slipping on itself. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, they're, they're the injecting hydraulic fluid. Yeah, and they inject weird chemicals back in. I mean, uh, just look on the bright side. Now that we know we're creating earthquakes, maybe we can create some kind of uh, um, oh, earthquake yeah. generator. A, a piezoelectric uh, That's right. energy right. producer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get even more energy out of it. That's right, more right, right, really than ever before. Like you know, turning yeah. problems into solutions in, that we are better than what we had at the beginning is, is a human thing. We've yeah, done it in the past. that's true. That's I mean, true. It, would, it would be funny if, like, have you guys ever seen those flashlights where you, you, you beat them and they charge? Yeah, you wait, know what I'm yeah. About? Show me that again. <laughs> you beat them? Oh, yeah, yeah I think charge. I know what you're talking about. They're, they have a magnet in it. And there's a copper coil, and when you make the motion, it throws the magnet Shake back weight. and forth, which then generates a current and will mm-hmm. charge up the battery. 
So all you got to do is, is that that's, – that's not piezoelectricity. Piezoelectricity is like molecular vibration or it's something. Fr- yeah, it's friction-based energy. So once the earthquake happens, you have all these magnets bouncing up and down hey. in the coils, and you're just generating free energy. Hey. So after you get the the oil – or I'm sorry, the gas, the – was it shale? Is it shale oil, actually? Is it oil? I don't know, whatever. Well, they after you extract the, the fossil shale, fuels yeah, I think so. and everything's mm-hmm. crumbling all around you, you just have the electrical generation and you extract more energy. It's that's, perfect. I think that's actually Brilliant. a really good idea. <laughs> we should see if we can do that. It's just probably, really it's probably going like, to take I'm some years. I'm fracking now. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Wow, if we this, use this. It sounds like Russian disinformation. It does, yeah. <laughs> but, no, I mean, it, your point earlier about the uh, Russian government sending funding towards certain environmental groups to try to discourage the production of oil in the United States is so depressing, and it's just so indicative of how abysmally easily the population and the political system is influenced in this country by people who understand our way of thinking. So the American government does not really understand the way Russian culture operates the way Russians thinks, think or the way that the Chinese population thinks, but they actually understand the way we think really, really well to the point where we are extremely easy for them to manipulate. Like, yes, climate change. No, uh, use other people's oil. Yes, uh, stop making in your own country. Yeah, it's like, but you're still using the fossil fuels. You're still using them. Do they not cause pollution if they come from Russia? It's ridiculous. The whole we thing need to invade Alaska. Yes. We, I, like I agree. It's, 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 yeah, it's <laughs> we need to claim it. We own it, though. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm kidding. Okay. Like, like we invade it for oil. <laughs> like the oh, British right. invasion. Right. Let it secede and then reinvade it? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Oh, no, man, no, we I like think... send in the troops and then, you know, well, we'll, I hope, let's was... liberate Alaska. I'm talking about doing that to California, right? You let it secede. You re- you invade it. You <laughs> occupy it. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you turn it into a colony, like an old school territory, no electoral votes, and we've solved most yes. of the country's problems. So yeah. <laughs> there was a <laughs> subjects. There was a no fantastic, uh, there was a fantastic Babylon B headline a while ago. It was Biden gives Alaska back to Russia so they can drill for oil there now. <laughs> so we can drill for oil there. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I, I, do, I do like that idea of California being uh, it's like, oh, oh, no, they seceded. All right. Take <laughs> it back. Hard. It's ours now. Yeah. Right. It's a uh, colony. You made an interesting point. The Shane, natives, that, they're called Native Americans. They're Native Californians. Native Americans, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the people are there. I think you mentioned that the politicians are easily swayed. Is that like what you Our, our political system is very easily swayed yeah. if you understand the way people You really think. need a, a strong leader. Like Biden's not a strong. He's a weak-minded older man that seems to be kind of dis- disparate. But Stop if you have mind. a strong mind, young person, that can also be dangerous because mm-hmm. then they don't listen. At all. You don't want someone that doesn't listen. But you need someone that isn't swayed by nonsense or, or the the wind, you know. Yeah, they're a mm-hmm. representative, but they still have to have a strong Trump, mind. Trump well, was swayed uh, by a lot of nonsense. Yeah, but well, here, uh, here's John Bolton. I mean, to your point, yeah. Ian, uh, you want someone, right? So you, you want someone ideally who's strong-minded and has a solid moral compass. You don't want someone who's weak-minded with a solid moral compass, right? You don't want someone who's strong-minded with a poor moral compass. We have someone who's weak-minded and has a poor moral compass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, I mean, he was a plagiarist in 1988. He, yeah. he had to drop out of the presidential election mm-hmm. because he was found plagiarizing just in his presidential up, yeah. campaign. Just look up Biden, Inc. by Politico. And they, they show you this map showing how every time he gets appointed to some position, his brother gets rich off of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, something like that. It's like, how co- what a coincidence. Obama puts him in charge of Iraq, and then all of a sudden his brother's getting contracts in, in Iraq. No, I, think, I think it's just a good sign that he's doing, you know, yeah, fortune it's, it's, has smiled just, upon him because well, he's such you know, a good guy. It, yeah. No, it makes sense. I mean, they're brothers. They're both equally talented. It's no surprise <laughs> that his brother is doing so well in the exact same areas. Yeah, if his brother was awesome, and then I'm, I don't care if he's his brother or not. Well, but. why was his brother the first one in the Biden family to attend college? Is that true? Because, no, that was his speech he played. I was like, why oh. am 
by the first Biden <laughs> to attend college. He did. He like is is hilarious because it's one thing to plagiarize a speech as a politician and take some sort of banal utterance about freedom or equality or these things that usually come up in political speeches he literally took someone's background story like this there's a british politician talking yeah, about neil him. kinnick yeah <laughs> oh he yeah. was like the first in his family to go to college yeah. and they were working class and biden literally gives the guy's speech with a couple details changed it's and people are like echoes of biden's 1987 plagiarism scandal continue to reverberate from this is uh washington post you mentioned neil kinnick how is he involved in the plagiarism scandal well it's that's the that's whose speeches biden and plagiarized, right? Neil Kinnock was like a labor, uh, he was like a leader of the opposition in Britain, and right? He, During Margaret Thatcher, when Margaret Thatcher was prime minister and literally Kinnock had just given these speeches as leader and Biden's like, that's a really good speech. And, and it's funny, <laughs> and then after he heard Biden plagiarize them, he went, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> And then yes. Joe Biden was like, I like, I like that. that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. We had an article here from The Guardian. True international, but a pressure. Neil yes. Kinnock on Biden's plagiarism scandal, in quotes, and why he deserves to win. Quote, Joe's an honest guy. This is the guy who he plagiarized. <laughs> no way. That about him. That's insane. Uh, are, are we okay. sure Biden didn't put those words in his mouth? Well, the other way around yeah. for once. <laughs> Yeah, Build Back Better was plagiarized. It's September 2020 when yeah. that article came out. I bet it was just political propaganda because the guy hated Trump. I'm yeah, yeah, surprised. yeah. Build Back Better was plagiarized. And I think it was um, Boris Johnson called him on, I think, right? Mm-hmm. He was like, Build Back Better. That's our thing. And Joe Biden started using it. That's hilarious. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's just so crazy. He's like, come on, man. When I, when I made Brexit happen. No, uh, he, <laughs> yeah. he he's hysterical. It's sad. I And we laugh at it, but at the same time. You sort of have to. The reality is this man is president of the United States. Dude, you, the actual sitting president of the United States. The thing is, you know he is not right for that spot because when oh. you're the VP for two terms, you run for president next. That every time. It's very true. It's a very and he was point. nowhere, gone, totally disinterested. And, and like oh. Obama didn't want him to, right? right? That's the thing. Like Obama sort of settled on Biden, but like – Didn't I he call him an F up? You just, just don't underestimate his capability to screw yeah. things up. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like – you don't have to do well, this, Joe. Well, hold on, though. You guys aren't being fair. Biden stepped down because he's a humble man. And then when he saw Charlottesville happen, he said, I need to run for president. That's right. That's right. Yeah. He felt the fires within. I wonder who actually said that first. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's such a ridiculous There's like story. some lesser known Democrat who uh, actually said that. And he was like, that's pretty good, man. Uh, that's hysterical. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's so insane. Like, as if Joe Biden actually, he saw that happen and he's like, you know what? This is a good opportunity to make my family you know, some be, more money. It would actually be really funny if it was true. It would be, it would be mm-hmm. funnier if it really was like Joe Biden sitting in his basement, like, flick, you know, flipping <laughs> channels. And then he sees, like, CNN and he's like, oh, I have to run for president. And then he, like, stands up and then he, like, shuffles out of, his, you know, with his, in his towel and then his dog chases him. It's like we have a non-entity as president, right? Like, yeah. do you even think, no one thinks he's actually running the country. Oh, no. I do. Like, Sort of, you. sort of, sort of. Like it's no, his people. I don't think it's his people. I, I think, think his geriatric nurse is making the calls. Yeah, and so it's like it's 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 like one of those old tropes where the old man's in the bed and like the nurse is sitting there and she's like, Biden says he wants to shut down oil leases, and they're like, Well, I guess Biden wants it, and like Kamala walks out like, Well, everyone trusts his nurse. Yeah, man, his it's aunt like, Tifa. Uh, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Who was uh, who was who was the dude who was whispering into the, the, the in Lord of the Rings? Worm tongue. Worm tongue. There's historical precedent for that. That happened. You know, Woodrow Wilson was president. And he had a stroke when mm-hmm. he was negotiating Versailles, and his wife basically ran the country for the remainder of his term. Wow. That's real. So like Kamala is basically worm tongue. That was yep. his name. Yeah. And so Biden's sitting there like, Burr. and then she's like, he says, shut down the gas leases. <laughs> oh, wow. What did he say, Mr. President? 
Yeah. And then Trump's someone should make the meme. And then Trump returns the return of the king. Oh my goodness! Do you yeah. think mm-hmm. Will? Do you think that there's a political solution to the the chaos, or you look towards the private sector more? To a political to what chaos? To having Biden as president, because yeah, instance. I mean, yes, there's a political solution. Having Biden as president, right? Kick him out. Right? But how can we? Do you think that's even politically possible? Sure. I mean, not not in the short term, right? But like, you can. I mean, you're going to have Democrats in charge of the White House and therefore the agencies for the next two years. There's not really any doing anything about it until you elect a Republican and things get better. Um, in terms of like a lot of these specific problems, I mean, there's no, I, I don't know. I worked for the Seasteading Institute. You want to have like privately created like countries or something and compete, uh, compete that way. Not, but. not ne- getting them out. I'm not talking about getting them out. I'm just talking about we're in a situation where we have no leadership. I feel like there's very, very little to no leadership in the country. So what, what would be a, a short term solution? Do you see one politically? No, there's there's no short term solution to like a lack of leadership from the White House. I mean, they they were just going to have to deal with that. Like, but we're, we're we've got like two and a half more years of Brezhnev or whatever, basically, and then you know we'll have a chance to actually replace him. What's Brezhnev? Brezhnev was like the Soviet leader who was very in a similar situation to Biden, where he was just compl- very very old, very very sick, um, and you know there were all these people talking about how healthy and vigorous he was in the in Pravda, mm-hmm. right. Like that was, he was notorious for, you know, just like being kind of, you know, Russia had a really sclerotic decline at that point. The guys who were running it were all the old revolutionaries who were now really old. Oh, well, sorry, it, sorry. you know, and you, you sort of mentioned the propaganda arm doing everything they could to make him sound as if he was competent and in good health. And they're still doing that with Joe Biden, even though we see footage of the man speaking. And it's abundantly clear to anyone who observes it that the man is not in his right mind. He wasn't in his right mind during the primaries. I went, when I went to Ohio to hang out with my parents uh, like over Christmas last year, I, I was like, yeah, you know, Joe Biden's a mess. And they were like, no, Joe Biden's great. And really? I was like, yeah, he's experiencing mental cognitive decline. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows it. They're like, there's that. Yeah. You take you just put a video clip of him speaking ten years ago, right? Twenty twelve, like with when Obama was president. Like perfectly articulate, clear, smooth, smooth cadence. I I wouldn't say smooth I mean more articulate, but his gaffes then were outrageous as well. Sure, but he just didn't he didn't stumble over his Agreed. words. He was he had more energy. It it sounded like a normal politician speaking in a lot of ways, right? It doesn't yeah. sound like that anymore. No, I that's, think that's four years out of the spotlight changed he changed drastically in yeah. those four years. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, sundowning. Is yeah. that what it's called? When like, you get older, like you 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 start losing it. Your brain in the afternoon is you, is you're up. You know, so here's this guy. He he wakes up in the morning and he's like, I'm ready to get it. And then you know, within a few hours, like, turn it on the shop of the pressure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't well, talk anymore. So the argument the media has tried to make too, and I don't hear this as often because I think even they realized how ridiculous it was, but that he just has a speech impediment. This is something we no. heard quite frequently. No, I know. Well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I, I did a cartoon about this called Joe Biden's Speech Therapist, but basically the idea is like a speech impediment doesn't make you say poor kids are just as bright and talented as white kids. That's not how speech impediments work. Like that's a gaffe. The man well, says stupid on. things. Tourette's, maybe. I, well, I, I guess, but is that a – would you consider that a speech impediment? How is that defined? I'm I not sure. Right. I, guess I know, but, but they, they would say that he had a stutter. Like it was his stutter yeah. that would cause him to say these things. Dude, that's not how a stutter works. Yeah. No. A stutter that just suddenly emerges at 78 years old, you know, and in addition to you suddenly just having trouble making sense. Yo, people uh, fall for this stuff. I know. Well, and they will – they'll <sighs> – the stutter argument was useful because what it allowed for them to do was pretend like there wasn't a problem, but also call you mean for pointing out the problem. So when we acknowledge that Biden can't speak straight in that even in a State of the Union address, which was the best he sounded, he sounded somewhat drunk. He was slurring his words. 
If you point that out, people could say, hey, that's really mean and disrespectful to say about the president, but it's also true. It's only mean if you acknowledge that it's true. Like, that's not a mean thing to say about someone if it isn't the case. I was Let's, mad. I, I want to pull up this meme right here we have of Kamala Harris because, you know, we, we're talking about people falling for stupid things. <laughs> this is a meme that's going around that has to do with the uh, confirmation hearing of Brett Kavanaugh. Kamala Harris says, I'll repeat the question. Ugh. Can you think of any laws that give the government power? To make decisions over the male body. That's a good impression. <laughs> that is a good impression. <laughs> that is a good impression. <laughs> yeah, it's conscription. Next. Also, Next every yeah. other law, because the law governs your corporeal form. They're not like just making laws about your soul. Making decisions about the male. Now, this is nuance that she missed in the question. Making a decision about what someone can't do is a decision about the body. Making a decision about what someone has to do is very, very rare. And conscription is, is one of them. Specifically for men. And their bodies, and they have to be thrown on the grenade for the sake of everybody else. And um, I think in 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 uh, if, in a real invasion, conscription's fine. Like if if we were actually invaded, and like sure. all of a sudden we're like, oh, you know, this country has stormed the beaches and they're killing people. Like, okay, well then everybody rally together, we're gonna die. But you know, then Vietnam was like not so good. But uh, anyway, not, that's not the point. The point is, people share this. They they, they fall for these memes, and I, I did a segment earlier because I responded to it. By just saying, I'm pro-choice. I believe men and women both have the right to choose whether or not they are parents. And that means child support is over. And they all got triggered. And I, I genuinely didn't think that, you know, the liberals would, would, would get angry over this. I thought they would agree and be like, yes, people, no, they were like, men have no choice and no say in the matter. Women get the choice. That's it. And I, and, and the reason I bring that up is, for one, the, there's a lot of memes they fall for. But the other thing is, I think you found a basic argument here. When talking to your, your your typical liberal pro-choice person, that shows they'll argue against choice instantly if you say those words. No more child support. Instantly, like men have no choice. It's like, oh, okay. I thought you were pro-choice. No, yeah. I mean they're not. We've talked about it before. It's, it's literally just them being pro-abortion. They don't right. care about choice when it comes to literally any other issue. And I said this on the show yesterday, but there really aren't other issues that we discuss in that form. So if I say a person should be able to choose to own a gun, you don't call me pro-choice. You call me pro-gun. Okay, well, if you're saying someone should be able to choose to have an abortion, you are pro-abortion. Like, they're pro-abortion. Um, I don't know, because I'm pro-choice when it comes to religion, but I'm not pro-religion. Mm. That is an interesting point. That's an interesting point. But I think if there were people who were, like, trying to ban religion, we'd probably call them anti-religion. And if you were on the argu- if you were on the side of the debate saying that religions should be legalized or normalized or something, they probably would call you pro-religion. And that's a hypothetical, but I'm talking about like the actual political issues we deal with. And there really aren't other ones that we have the discussion about where we will just say like they're in favor of choice and don't discuss what they're talking about choosing. Like even even when it comes to the educational vouchers, we call it school choice. We don't just call them pro-choice. At what point can we refer to the like the left culture war grifters as anti-disestablishmentarian? <laughs> anti-disestablishmentarian. <laughs> Got it. Soon I yeah. hope. Almost got it. I, is, I, I missed it. Re- as soon as we are? do, they'll redefine it, man. What's the definition <laughs> of that, anyway? I, I mean, I think That's that like word a, specifically referred to some, like, church thing. It was like a British movement to I forget, anti-disestablishment. So it's like it must have had something to do with the, the Church of England. Like, but I, I was just thinking, like, I was thinking, like, we're just – we're anti-establishment people. We, like, we oppose the establishment of the institutions. 
And so these people oppose the people who are anti. So it's anti anti disestablishment. Yeah, they want they want to come together. They want to anti disestablishmentarians. They anti- would reject that. They would say like, well, actually, you're on the side of the establishment. We're against the establishment. That's why every fast food company in the country has the same opinions as me. Right. That's why we we are we work for Jeff Bezos's company. <laughs> Did you guys see that, that there was an op-ed in the Washington Post arguing for George Washington University to change its name? <laughs> I did see that. And like the Washington Post <laughs> yeah. right above it, and I'm just like, Aww. you know, we can all sit here and laugh about it, but it's kind of like, you know, with the with the gas prices story and the oil and gas leases, we're on the, we're, we're on a big boat that's hit an iceberg, and as it's sinking, there are a bunch of people claiming it's not really sinking and you're stupid, and it's a good or that it's a good thing that it's sinking. Meanwhile, the, the the captain and his crew are looting the silverware and jumping into lifeboats, sending all of their valuables to another boat. And we're sitting here yelling like, they're all, but we're all trapped on this boat. They're also sinking. finding some people on the boat and they're like, here, here, here's some silverware. Go tell everyone else that everything's fine. So then the person's like, thanks for the silverware. They go back onto the boat and they're like, hey, guys, I guess everything's fine. And then as by the time they come back, the dude's gone with all the rest of the silverware. Like they're bribing people to lie to us right now. Is the question... That Kamala Harris, when she asks a question like this, is she really dumb or is she conniving? Oh, she's conniving. She's dumb. I think it's both. Maybe both. I think it's both. So I think she's conniving. I think she's intelligent in the way she connives in some respects. But on this issue, I think she's actually probably just dumb. I would not be surprised if she hasn't questioned this particular perspective and yeah, found issue. If you had said, yeah. responded in lockstep conscription, she would just been nodded and stunned silence. Can I just point out that there are a lot of laws prohibiting men from doing specific things with their bodies in public? Gross things, yes. And yeah. Like, uh, any laws that give the government power to make decisions about the male body? Yes. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, we should get into it on the thing. after show. Yeah, yeah, I don't yes, think we want to say that with Well, no, but, but it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Like, it, it, like I said, every single law governs your corporeal form. Like, they're not making laws about what you can do with your soul. They're like, they're making <laughs> laws about what you do with your body. So get time. this, get this. They're get not going to convict you. For when it. I, when I responded to this meme by saying that I was pro-choice and that men should choose to be able to, you know, like Dave Chappelle made that joke. He's like, you can, cho- if you can choose to kill it, I can choose to at least abandon it. And then everyone left. And I kid you not, the responses I got were, the man made a choice, and he got a woman pregnant, and now it's his responsibility. Oh he can't just claim, and I was like, wait a minute. What they're saying is all women are raped. Like, every act of sex Pretty is much. actually rape, because women they're, never consent to sex. They're so saying, they have, you know, but I mean, I quite literally, they're saying women get a choice and men don't. What if the man— For the exact same reasons. But they were making pro-life arguments as to why men don't get a choice. And I'm just like, what? Are they just anti-men? Just, like if I was like if you make a pro-choice argument and I agree with you, but then you just all of a sudden give me the pro-life version of it. He he made a choice and he could have used birth control. That, I kid you not. They said condoms and birth control are readily available. It's his fault. He has to be responsible for it. And I'm like, are you are you uh, well, what? We talked about this. We talked about this yesterday. At some point, even if they don't do so in in the totality of the position, at some point left wingers come back around to a right wing position. They get so far to the left. So. The other day I was joking that they'll say things like, well, if abortion's illegal, then men should be forced to take care of the children. They're like, yes, every conservative agrees with that. And and on this point, when you when you talk about uh, men and child support, all of a sudden they're very big fans of personal responsibility and not having sex with someone you wouldn't have a child with. There was a, a bill in Florida to ban abortion for 15 weeks. So a Democrat proposed an amendment that would require men to pay child support at 15 weeks. And then I was just like. 
Awesome. Yeah, I, I don't understand. You know, can, the pro-life people want marriage. They don't want they, they want child support from conception. Yeah. Also, they, they they want familial support before conception. Right. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Also, like, what kind of insane society do we live in where the political solution is, oh, like, let's legislate that someone should have to pay for his pregnant woman's unborn child. Like, there used to be a social mechanism for that, right? People would get married and have kids, and a man would be ashamed if he was not taking care it's, of the child that he had created with a woman. It's cultural enforcement and cultural decay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, yep. You have to legislate things that society doesn't do. So yep. if people aren't supporting their kids, and you're like, okay, we, we, gotta, we, gotta, we have to tell them they have to. Culture used to have, you know, as what uh, Jordan Peterson called cultural and what, no, what enforcement monogamy, enforcement monogamy, <laughs> right. and then just like every other circumstance where the left has no idea what's going on, they assume what it means without asking questions or doing any basic research, and then they're like, Jordan Peterson wants to force women to marry incels. <laughs> Like, that's literally no. not what he's talking about. He's no, talking. actually, I I do. I yeah. think that would be. Yeah, no, I mean, if, if I see you outside protesting my event, shotgun wedding, I'm finding an incel. You're marrying him. That's right, Bucko. If you don't clean your room, you will marry an incel. I was thinking how horrible it would be if the man decided if the baby was going to be aborted or not. And it wasn't the woman's choice. It was the man's choice. And the woman's like, no. Like, And the man's like, I've decided. Because if the woman decides and the man goes, no, the woman does it. Well, in this, this debunks Bro, there's, the there's, idea that there's a video. Where a guy is on his knees screaming and crying, like bawling his eyes out, screaming, please don't kill my child. And he has no say whatsoever, no choice. And if the woman says, you know what, I am going to keep it. You have to pay for it. The man gets no No choice. choice. Well, and Ian, I hear what you're saying, but and that also debunks the entire narrative from the left. Uh Oh, they got us. What did they do? We got knocked off YouTube. (gasps) Did we really? I don't know, but keep talking. Okay, so my point is... What you're saying, Ian, also demonstrates, uh, I mean, it completely debunks the left-wing argument that what conservatives want here is just just to control women's bodies, right? Because if that were the case, what conservatives would be saying is, well, women should get abortions, abortions are fine as long as a man decides, if our investment was truly in just controlling women's bodies. But obviously, it's not the case. Yeah, that'd be the worst. The worst yeah. example of it. I do think this conversation really, we have it very logically, at mm-hmm. least as, maybe it's not because we're men, it's just in general we're having this conversation logically. I think a lot of it is in like an emotional thing yes. that women need an, an extra force of empowerment in society because they do have the burden of carrying the baby. And so just to say like, to cut it into like segments and be like, well, I don't know, this is how I feel. So I, I that's why I, I consider myself pro-choice on the issue because I've never... I've never, I'm not a woman. I've never been in that situation where I felt like something like that could happen to me. Well, so I agree with part of that. Obviously, I'm not pro-choice, but I think you're absolutely correct that the discussion can become over-intellectualized. And when you want to, you know, sort of cut to the moral bedrock of whether something is right or wrong, that makes sense. But someone doesn't get an abortion because they heard the violinist argument and were convinced by it. It's not right. on our end. The, the drop-off has nothing to do with us. Really? Yeah, this is YouTube. Interesting. Chat's still live. <clears throat> chat's, chat's, like the internet still works. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with the internet. So YouTube's basically shut us down. Huh. Or, or it could just be a glitch. This happens from Oh, time yeah. Time. It's a glitch. Yeah. yeah. How oh, awesome. It's a glitch on the bright. They're like, they're making fun of Kamala again. Shut them down. <laughs> shut them down. 
Yeah, she's got her big red. Yeah, because like her. I'm on my cell phone, you know, I can't even load chat. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So like it's like definitely YouTube. Chicken up. City's still live. Ian, what did you say this time? I can't. Chicken City's still live. I think so. I'm looking Yo. at Zuby's live. Let's see if Zuby's still live. I think if other... Chicken City is live, that's that's something special. Shout out to Zuby with his 24-hour live stream. Oh, wait. Zuby is also frozen. Frozen. I think YouTube itself is down. Yeah. I can't load YouTube at all. Hold on. I, I. Are you on the Wi-Fi, though? Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Mine, just, mine just froze, too. Oh, some Are you using cell, cell signal, though? I'm using uh, I'm using cell, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm on, on cell and I can't connect. I, I'm Wi-Fi. able to use YouTube. I'm on cell. I'm on, not on internet. Sounds like I'm a video. nope. Just load Google. Google oh, thing. Someone weird. just said pools closed. Pools <laughs> closed. No. Don't blame it's, me. Uh, no, it's not my fault. Okay, so let's see. Chicken City. I think Chicken City's down. Yeah, uh, it's on YouTube's end. Yeah, I'm about confirmed on that one. Lydia, the like, stream is down. Whoa, yes, the chat is on fire. The chat's Are all crazy. the live streams down? Or it like looks like it, yeah. Every... I just checked three. And, and they're not working? Yeah, yep. none of them were. But the Wi-Fi is working and everything's mm-hmm. loading. Yep, yeah. yeah, it's on them, not us. Interesting. Oh, well. Maybe good... YouTube's being uh, being attacked. Chicken City looks like it is live. I thought so, too, but it was dark. Oh, I got a live one. I got a live, got one, a live one. Yeah, I found a live stream. Yeah, huh. Chicken City appears to be working. Huh. We should uh, just have a backup Chicken City. Yeah. You can hop over. Mark, Mark, quick, everybody. Wait, we, let's go to Chicken City. <laughs> oh, maybe I just saw a buffered thing. I think they buffered 15 seconds when I click on a stream. Let me see if it keeps going. Technical glitches. The segment where the stream goes down. is unbelievable. Hmm. I wonder why this is happening. It's Seamus' fault, probably. Uh, it's probably because Will Chamberlain's here. Because I've been on the show a lot of times, yeah. and it, it <laughs> hasn't frozen, but no, he's here. Big Who was on last time this happened? Uh, I don't remember. I remember... It did freeze on Ian. I was talking about Vanguard and BlackRock That's and right. everything yeah. paused. It was Ian. Uh, was it Pozo? I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was. Can yeah. we take this opportunity to swear our brain? No. 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 Um, <laughs> we can keep uh, talking. Yeah, we just keep, I'm still going to have to keep the show going. The we'll, be, we'll be uploading yeah. this to Rumble. Rumble? Yeah, well, we should upload this one to Rumble because it got actually, pretty, yeah, it's a good idea. pretty junked. Yeah. Right well, I'm going to upload the whole episode to all podcast platforms and I'll use the raw file to make clips Cool. How's family life, Will? Oh, yeah. They just came back. It's back. We're back. Yeah. Did you hear my question, so, guys? Yeah. I wonder how much of that dropped off. Yeah, I'm like, curious did how it much just of our discussion that disappeared. All, it, you know, Seamus saying all, like, his bank personal information. Yeah. And yeah. All the number. Racist did stuff. you guys get his <laughs> and social? And honestly, dude, I've never had a gaffe like that before. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, for, for everybody, everybody, that was YouTube, not us. Yeah, mm-hmm. not us. Yeah, uh, was, our internet is completely fine. And I believe Chicken City never went down. That's right. So you could have been there. We're, we we use the same internet feed for a couple different things, and we had so this was a YouTube thing. We should have mm-hmm. run out of uh, City. Were, there were other streams that were yeah, also. Yeah, I, I checked Zuby's live stream, and that was also paused, and it's still paused. I yeah, don't know it's what's YouTube going on. Yep. YouTube's under attack. Ah! YouTuber. What were we, Google. We, 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 were, we were talking about something. Fifth generational warfare. You know what? I don't remember. Let's all go home. We're talking about abortion. <laughs> but we were, I asked I, you, Will, how's family life? Family man? life is good. Man. Good. Well, I guess this connects baby. to the formula shortage. We're oh, let's talk about the formula shortage. You got oh, a story yeah. from the Daily Mail. This is what America looks. Uh, America last looks like. GOP rep fumes at pallets of baby formula being sent to border centers for illegal migrants, while American babies go without amid nationwide shortage. So she posted this picture. She said she got from a border uh, uh, patrol agent. The first photo is from the Ursula Processing Center at the U.S. border. Shelves packed with baby formula. My favorite thing about it, you're going to love this, is there are signs that say, I think it says like 84. Let me, I don't, actually, I don't know if they, ha- they, they you can see it. What does it say? 
It says like 84 times 26 equals 216, 2016. And people are like, it says 2016. It's clearly a very old photograph. What? And it's like, dude, they're talking about the amount of baby formula dude, they y- have. Y- everybody who says this is fake doesn't have a child or has, does not purchase Seriously. formula. Like it's, it's, you know, I mean. But are they really giving it to illegal immigrants? Instead I'm of sure they, I mean, I'm sure they have like a backup supply, right? Like they've probably got their supply line set up. But here's the thing to understand, right? There's a lot of, it's not the hardest to find like the standard issue formula right now, right? There's sort of like the very basic, like most companies that make formula and, you know, have some sort of like formula that is the default close to similar to breast milk formula. Right. And that's usually, that's still available in a lot of places. And even if you can't find the brand you've been used to, you can find like a version of that. The problem is that some babies need these like very niche specialty formulas because they have very special nutritional needs. They just don't tolerate the normal stuff. And those babies are stuck. There might be like two companies making that particular, that particular type of formula and they're scrambling and it's like they can't eat anything else. And and, I mean, there's, there's people saying cow's milk. Right. Oh no, you they can't. They can't goat's eat anything milk. else. This is what they eat. Yeah. And goat's milk. Yeah. Like they're they're scrambling to find it. And right? Horse milk. Horse milk. Right. Yeah, um, you're onto something. Have we tried it. You know, so I mean it, this is a this is a real thing. Like, you know, our on our end, like, you know, we've we have to use formula. It's not that that's not a choice. We need to. Yeah. Um and we've we're we're lucky that our little Elizabeth tolerates like the standard issue, normal, yeah. close to breast milk formula. So we've been able to switch, but we're about to, we've already switched once, right? We switched away from Similac to like this Amazon house brand. Now we're going to have to switch away from the Amazon house brand because that's out of stock. So we're switching to like something else. Oh, gosh. Um, and you're just wondering like, what's the next thing that's going to go out of stock, right? Like when's the, when is this going to end? And, and they're going to get this plant. They shut down this, like the single most, you know, biggest production baby formula plant in the country over some health issues and they haven't reopened it and it's like there's 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 problems like we've empty shelves of formula well uh i just found out that cow's milk has no vitamin c but horse milk actually has lots of vitamin c mm-hmm. really well thank you for the suggestion though. good That's suggestion right. yeah <laughs> well, well i mean that. so so but what, I, i've seen a lot of posts from uh you know we made we actually made the joke just breastfeed and then I can't remember who we had on, but they were like, what did mothers do before Nestle was incorporated? But I understand not everybody can or does. Wet nurses. Wet, yeah. The, well, the answer is, yeah, wet nurses, right? Well, like, unless, yeah. you know, that you would go down to the town forum and there would be women who could breastfeed and you would hand your child over to, to the woman whose job it was to literally really? breastfeed everybody's yeah. children. So women need to create breastfeed pods <laughs> if they have a baby. So- so no joke. Have, I mean, I, I I don't know what else you're going to do. If your baby's starving, yeah. you're going to do what you got to do, right? Yeah. We have the equivalent, some form of that in the La Leche League, which is women who donate excess breast milk, which is such an amazing idea. This is an international yeah. league where you can go to almost any community. There's one in Frederick. There's a bunch in this area. And you need to hook up with that and see if there's women who are willing to donate because some of them have extra. So right. I think that's probably the best source for people who are really struggling to find formula. Pediatricians say not to make it, but I also know that pediatricians get a lot of kickbacks from these companies to recommend these formulas. Do you mean, think a person can live off of nothing but human breast milk? Uh, probably not an adult. Probably not no. an adult. Yeah. It doesn't... Bodybuilders buy it. Yeah, but they're dumb. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's But yeah, I mean, there's people who are like... And then that doesn't necessarily solve. They're like some babies who can't tolerate breast milk. They really do need very specific things. Well, I mean, um, but let's be real, Will. 
you know, I don't think your child is deserving of it because there are oppressed, marginalized <laughs> babies That's at the border. Right. Yeah. There was somebody who tweeted. Did you consider like, that? We tweeted <laughs> that out that I was like, deserve it? well, we tweeted out that I was well stocked on formula, right? Cause like we, we, I've seen this coming. This has been in the news. So, you know, we got like maybe two months of formula in the, just in the pantry. Oh, and somebody, somebody, you know, tweeted at me. It's like, what about other people's babies? You're being selfish. Like, do you, do you think your child is more important what? than other people's children? I was like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I do care more to about me, my child. Yes. Yeah. Other people's children are other people's job. My child is my job. I just love well, that question. Do you think your kids are more important? <laughs> yes. 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 Of course. Yeah. No, I mean, look, it's a serious problem. We can talk about all the other inflationary pressures people are facing, but a shortage of formula for the families who really need it. I mean, yeah. that is devastating. That is, I mean, it's like the only food. Like, imagine going to the grocery store and there's nothing there. Now, so, right? let, let, like, let, that, let, let, that's the equivalent for these children who, like, can eat one thing and that's their right. entire diet. Now, hold on. Hold on. That's an unbelievable scandal. So, like, we, yeah. we got these photos, right? Oh Here's a photo gosh. from a store of the empty baby formula section. Explain to those who don't understand. It looks like there is formula. What's the, can't, can't parents just buy these formulas? So first off, it means you have to switch, right? Like no matter yeah. what. So like there's, there's only one brand that actually has canisters, right? That's the, it looks like Enfamil, which is on the top row. Then you have like, that, that means, so if you're, if your kid is used to and tolerates some other formula, like Similac, which is the other major brand or like the house brands, like you don't really like switching formula because your baby tolerates and it works. You want to stick with the same one. Um, but that so basically it means like it doesn't matter if you've been using Similac or any other brand. Guess what? You, the only thing available today is Enfamil. And over moreover, not all the Enfamils up there. So if your baby tolerates a very specific like kind of skin type of formula, say one that's like lactose free for sensitive or some, you know, there's 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 alimentum. There's a wide variety. Well, that might not be there. So guess what? The, the formula your baby tolerates isn't at the store. So you need to go to another store. Um, you need to drive. And moreover, yeah. it's like you know there's there's not that much on the shelf right there, right? Like. You know, the, the Similac thing, that little, the, the bottle, that's like nothing. Cause the powder is actually where you actually can feed your kid in bulk, right? Like most, the way most people end up making formula is you have, you get the powder in bulk, you add water and you mix it. And so like one canister of powder will last you like a week, right? That little like thing that the bottle on the middle shelf, right? That'll last you, uh, eight, you know, 12 hours. Right. That's like 12 hours of food. We got to make wet nurses great again. Right. Like apparently. So that's, that, that's a serious, that's a problem, right? Like it's not that, you know, most babies will probably be able to tolerate one of the formulas that's on the top shelf, but that's not good. And it really needs to not get worse. Right. And then for some babies, that's a huge problem. I'm wondering like how often do, uh, do societies go through this period where there's like this fall off? You know what I mean? A strife. I, I suppose we can make references to Strauss out generational theory or the fourth turning or whatever. But I'm wondering, you know, all of a sudden we had this luxury that is that is formula. We used to need wet nurses. That was the normal human thing. We invented formula. We invented a process by which we could feed babies. And now all of a sudden it's a shock to our system that we don't have it. If we were still doing traditional wet nurse stuff, nobody would be nobody would care about this. So it seems like the developments and everything we've had being ripped away, gas prices through the roof, you can't drive anymore, it's hard to work, it's hard to buy a house, food shortages, diesel shortages, baby formula shortages, cat food shortages. It's like we, we reached this plateau of luxury and now we're being dropped off. And like I'm wondering, does that happen often? It seems like it's part of the system of growth because I was thinking last night, like what if I just disposed of my feces in the woods? 
I'd be like, well, it be, wouldn't be a problem as a one-off. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it, like, I could do it one time, but it's not sustainable. Right. And as the city grows, people, not everyone can just go dump people. their waste yeah. in the woods. And I think the Yo, same thing. they used thing to throw out their windows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you have a few enough people, it's fine. Just send it over there, off, over the hill over there, and you don't have to think about it. But, you know, once society grows to a point, you can't, like, wet nurses, maybe you could argue the wet nurses no longer made sense. I think in this society they could. Mandatory yeah. milking. Well, wet nurses, I mean, it's, it's not economical, right? Like you, you know, as opposed to paying it, it, it in terms of, I mean, but the thing is, it's not fragile. Yo, I'll way. tell you this right, right now. I'm willing to bet women who are overproducing are, are making a good penny. Oh, I'm sure they are. Yeah. Because they're, they're, you've already had women who sell their breast milk to bodybuilders. And I guess the idea is they're like human breast milk is formulated perfectly for humans. Babies, so bodybuilders yeah. buy it and they're like, you know, they want it. But you also have mothers who buy it when they when they can't produce because they prefer uh, breast milk over formula. I think the demand the, the demand is obviously through the roof. So you know we joke about wet nurses, but it's it's probably in full swing right now. It, it is happening. Could well be, yeah. Well, I don't, isn't I don't it know. isn't it interesting that this new development? And don't get me wrong, I love science. I think that scientific advances are amazing, and part of the reason we require formula is because we're able to deliver and sustain babies as young as twenty one weeks. Mm-hmm. But it is very interesting that this scientific development is pushing us away from other people. It is keeping us from lot mm-hmm. relying on somebody like a wet nurse. And of course, you don't want to be tied to another person, but it's dissolving the community. That's the answer. Tied to the other person. Right. No more removal of umbilical cords until. That's right. I agree. Absolutely. And you don't got to worry about formula. The baby is just. Placenta. The mom eats the cheeseburger and the baby grows. (laughs) Yes. I can speak like formula is a wonderful invention. There's a lot of people who rely on it for a reason. Uh, You know, like the in terms of, you know, reliably. I mean, because like. You know, breastfeeding is not for everybody, right? Like it can be a real, real struggle for people. For us, we, we absolutely needed to switch to formula. Like it wasn't, it wasn't really an option by the time like we were, we made that decision. And for sure. I just mean, you know, I ask, what does that mean for our civilization if planes, for instance, all of a sudden the, the cost of flying is getting really, really difficult. It's, it's, it's going mm-hmm. up for a lot of people. What happens when these inventions, these uh, these standards that you know we'd call them luxuries a hundred years ago they become standards. What happens when we lose those? Do, are we in for a long fall? What are you talking about electricity? Maybe the central electric grid. We're so used to that. If that goes out, yeah, it's like a Jenga Jenga tower. If you yeah. take out the wrong block at the wrong time, well, you're seeing the blocks of diesel because when with diesel going up, diesel is how we get all of the products that go on our store shelves. And you pull out one pin, and I don't think that people understand this because we've lived such fluffy, protected lives for so long now. And I remember there was a point in time where you could watch anything on your computer, you could order anything through DoorDash, and you could go to the store and get everything. And I remember thinking, this is amazing. We're incredibly lucky. It's all about to fall down. And I don't remember why I thought that, but pretty soon after that, we ended up with COVID. We started to have supply chain disruption, and I'm starting to think that was the peak. I don't know if it's all downhill for or for us or not, but... It's not looking good, and yeah, well, I think it's only going to get worse. Tim, you asked earlier about our society and how if it frequently happens like this kind of this kind of cycle or this kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, we can think of America as a society, but realistically, the globe is a society. The entire species is society, and starvation and famine is prevalent. In the 1900s, you not only have the Holodomor, which is human caused, you got the Cultural Revolution in China, which I don't know how many millions of people died from starvation because of that. And right today, we'll talk about. Um, over there, we're, we're bombing in Yemen. I think that the Americans are involved in the Saudis bombing Yemen and the causing blockade, famine. Yeah, the, the famine. Has been blo- so, like, famine, it's all, it's almost always there. And if you're on the wrong end of the stick, hopefully you know how to fast. Let's talk about this. 
while we're dealing with these formula shortages Gosh. and Will was able to accurately articulate, you know, the problem that people, people, parents are facing with this shortage, let's talk about additional Ukraine Supplemental Appropriations Act, $40 billion going to Eastern, a war in Eastern Europe to aid a country that is not a, not a NATO ally, not mm-hmm. an EU member state, but for some reason we should send one of the largest war packages in history. You know what really freaks me out is this right here. I mean, isn't this a little effing odd? That's what I said. Every single Democrat, yay. Not a single, no, not a single one of them. Republicans, it's like two to one. It's almost like they're going to get kickbacks from this. Or they just hate the people they claim to represent. They have no concern for protecting (laughs) their own countrymen. They don't have any desire to ensure that the people back home have any kind of relief. It's all about ensuring that... other people get imagine being like an anti-war democrat voter like like someone who still believes what democrats believed i don't know a decade ago on war you know it it just i'd be i'd be depressed if i were them like i think glenn greenwald did i mean the whole squad voted for all this crap step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply this podcast is sponsored by ramp are you the decision maker in your company consider this for the first time in decades there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform meet ramp the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value ramps business cards offer you cash back real money in your pocket plus you control who spends what with each vendor and ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. The entirety of the squad. Look at this. Look at this. Okay, so here it is. Every single one. You, I guarantee people who are listening can name those who voted no, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to guess Tom Thomas Massey. Yes. Well, look. Thomas Massey is right here as a nay. Of course. Yeah. You've got uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, of course. Where's uh, where, where is she at? She's in here somewhere. Um, Lauren Boebert, of course, right mm-hmm. there saying Cawthorn. no. Yeah. Cawthorn saying no. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's Andrew. see who else. Jim Jordan says Andrew, no. Yeah. There's David Cawthorn. Madison Cawthorn, where's he at? I guess David Cawthorn would be Madison Cawthorn because it is the mm-hmm. same district, not an NC-11. Oh, okay. Oh. Is that his hmm. middle name or something? Maybe. Oh, yeah, first name. Maybe. I don't know. Well, how about that? Clay Higgins, John Rose, Ronnie Jackson, Pete Sessions. Yeah. Chip, uh, just as an Chip aside, Roy. Madison Cawthorn's name is David Madison Cawthorn. That's mm-hmm. disingenuous that they put him up there as David and he goes by Madison. That's yeah, really that's messed so up. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. Marjorie Green, of course, she's right there. Vandu, now, I, I yep. just I just loved this when I saw Glenn Greenwald tweet about it. He's like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez supporting one of the largest war packages ever. 
It's like, there she is. Well, and look, every Amazing, single dude. time, every single time the government fails to meet the needs of the American people in some significant way, the response from the left is, if we didn't have such an astronomical defense budget, we could afford to take care of people right now. And in the, in the midst of all these problems, they go, you know what, let's just uh, send $40 billion over to here's Ukraine what I, here, to get involved in foreign affairs. Here's what I love, though. We have this clip from Bill Maher that's been going viral. Student loan forgiveness is a loser issue for the party that wants to win back the working class. Mm-hmm. And Bill makes a couple good points. He's like, 13% of Americans have student loan debt. Mm-hmm. That's not a lot of people. 50% of that debt is held by graduate degrees. And he was like, come on. Yeah. He's like, these are people who are like, I don't know what else to do. I'm going to keep going to school because someone else is paying for it. Bill Maher saying that, and then they all basically agree. And so... For me, this is actually a convincing argument. I've often said that I think we should forgive the uh, interest rates. If you borrowed it, you got to pay it back. But the interest rates I can understand are insane. After watching this Bill Maher segment, I'm like, nope, never mind. I'm done. Nah, sorry. It's on you. 13% and half of its graduate degrees. This is what the Democrats are focused on. The highest income earners who want a freebie. That's what it is. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm done well, with this They're just giving something to their voters. Their voters are the professional class, right? right. Like that's that's that's... Thirteen percent of people, they're going to win over. It's I am great. willing to tolerate loan forgiveness if we classify the debt as odious and then go at the universities to get the payment back. Right? Yes. Like that's, you know, I'm willing to use that because there, you know, there are people who like were genuinely exploited by these universities and they're, they got degrees that are worthless and like maybe don't need to be completely immiserated forever. I'm cool with that, but that means that. In the foreign policy context, whenever we forgive somebody else's debt, we're, what we're saying is that's odious debt. It should never have been issued. It was wrong to issue it, and we need and we need to go back and get essentially like, you know, go back and get a reimbursement. Or I what, forget the exact word. What's a historical example of an odious debt? A debt we would give to like an African country under a dictator that we'd later forgive, um, you know, because the new government took power. What do you think about usury, and which is basically collecting interest on loans? Well, I mean, the gen- the general concept of collecting interest on loans is, I mean, I think one inevitable and two good because uh, otherwise there's never any loans, right? You well, know, and money, yeah, there's why a time value of money. money. They, they used to be the way that there was no interest, and then it was called usury, and it was punishable by death if someone did that. And then all of a sudden, at some point in the banking industry, 1700s with Anshel Rothschild or something, they just started maybe way, before that. You know, loans are very, very old, right? Like you're talking, you know, if you're talking loans, I, I don't even know how old, but debt, debt is, I mean, actually, you know. People think barter is like the original transaction. That's wrong. Debt is. Um, yeah. Favors. Like, favors, right. Yeah. Like that's the basis for how. Uh, insurance used to be if my house burns down, I'll owe you one. And so then if your house burns down, I'll ha- – like if my house burns down and you help me in any way, I am indebted to you. And it's the expectation, the, the expectation that I would then go and help you in the event of something similar or repay the favor. Usually to clarify is unethical practice of uh, originating a loan with an unreasonably high interest rate. Mm-hmm. Now, sure. I guess well, that's so, a so, social conversation. Yeah, no, that's, that's my, 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 my concern is you've got Democrats who are in lockstep voting for war. And I think the reason they do it is they know their voters don't care about it. I don't think AOC ever was anti-war at all. I think she assumed her base cared about it. Now that the media narrative is, yay, Ukraine, they're like, okay, good. Now we can vote for war. That's it. Hmm. So when I hear about this uh, debt forgiveness stuff, I'm like, y'all want $40 billion for war in Ukraine? You got it. The rest of your debt, sorry, no dice. You got your war. You got your funding. You sent the money that would have paid off your debts to Raytheon. I hope you're happy. Congratulations. That's who you voted for. 
Yeah, no, I mean, certainly there should be no talk of, de- of student debt forgiveness now, right? Like, <laughs> from the, and allowing Republicans, like, the idea that they'd allow any of this to go through from Democrats, that they wouldn't, um, inflict massive punitary measures, right? Like, I've heard Biden's thing about doing it unilaterally. If that were done, then the next time Republicans take power, they should just simply end the student loan program, right? Like, we don't, absolutely, there's no jubilees. It's like protect, and you're protecting your voters from the Biden and the professional class just basically looting them, right? Like, cause, you know, tr- the Trump, the Republican voters, like, that's not the professional class. And so basically, like, the whole student loan death forgiveness is screw over Republican voters to benefit Democrat voters. Like, we should never tolerate that. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not. This sort of goes back to a conversation we've had a number of times on this show about the moral foundations and the fact that the two moral foundations that people on the left have are care and fairness. And those two values by themselves, not tempered by other values, literally don't mean anything. Right. So if you're talking about something like loyalty, we can sort of put somewhat objective metrics on that. Right. Uh, I would actually say very objective metrics with care and fairness, the way it's articulated by the left, especially care. That can literally just mean it can literally mean anything like we have to care about other people. We have to help other people. And you don't have to give a robust argument for why what you're doing actually will help. And how it won't be of too much negative consequence to the people who the help is coming at the expense of, right? And they certainly don't. And that produces not only examples like uh, so many senators on the left or I'm sorry, so many political leaders on the left who have argued against war sending money to Ukraine. It's also a huge part of the reason why we had a $4.2 trillion bailout and added an insane percentage of currency to the money supply over the course of two years and have runaway inflation as a result because no one considers the negative long-term effects of any given policy prescription because all they have to say is, see, look at me, I care. Look at me, I'm doing the thing that's fair for people. What do you think would happen if red areas stopped trading with blue areas? Hmm. Hmm. Like, I don't mean state. I mean areas. Rural yeah. Illinois was just like, we're no longer going to be doing business with the city. Well, if rural Maryland decided to stop sending stuff to Baltimore, I don't know what would happen. It'd be a mess. Wouldn't be good. I mean, this is where a lot of this stuff comes from. We create a lot of farms around here, a lot of cows, a lot of grain. I, I, I wonder what value rural folk get from city folk. And obviously there's like technical adva- advancements, yeah. there's insurance companies, Culture. there's media and stuff. But we're, we're getting so divided at this point and so many people are, are content with, I mean, we're facing decentralization of, of the economy, cultural development. A lot of these jobs can be done outside of cities. What is the benefit for any, any conservative to do business inside of a city or with cities when they can distribute via the internet or through shipping or whatever? Uh, personally, I haven't been to a city in like, in a long time. <laughs> Many, many months, many, many, many months. You end up needing certain thing, certain professional class services, right? And you think about uh, legal services. You end up needing uh, medical services. Well, we got lawyers out here. Yeah, we do. I mean, you do, but like, it can get. I don't know. It depends. Like, there's a reason that like these these city, you know, metropolises open up. And I mean, you think about a place like Chicago. What is Chicago built around? Well, it's the hub of the entire Midwest. You know, the agri- agriculture, uh, like. That's where the commodities markets mm-hmm. are. But, I, but right? I mean, I understand why back in the day, sure. centralization was important. So you run a, a big farm. You set up your headquarters in Chicago because you can walk 10 feet and there's the headquarters of another company that you mm-hmm. need to trade with. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're doing everything online. Well, yeah. I was just thinking, I did spend time in Nashville, a very centralized uh, active music scene. And it's kind of like, why do we use Twitter? 
when it's mm-hmm. we know it's crap because it's centralized and that's where everyone's at. Same with Nashville. Yeah. I go there because that's where they live. So there's this idea that wealth disappears within three generations when mm-hmm. it's inherited. And I almost wonder if we're asking the same question about many of these large cities in the sense that have they given the world something tremendous in order to start themselves and become centers of wealth? And are they now more or less squandering that wealth by doing jobs which are more or less useless and unnecessary because of their position within society? Because that's often how wealth leaves a family, right? The people are insulated from the realities of what not being productive results in, so they like stop being productive and eventually lose all their money. That's the story of Detroit. Right. Mm. Like that's actually a very, I mean, we, we don't, it's hard for us to understand, but Detroit used to be like the up and coming economic center of the country, the third biggest, you know, city, you know, and like one of the, you know, I mean, Detroit shrunk massively, but when, you know, in the car heyday of the car industry, mm-hmm. pre Silicon Valley, like Detroit was the place to go if you were a young person, you know, the economic engine of the country, the Silicon Valley of its time. And now it's not, um, you know, there's, I think there's a natural life cycle to these things. You know, you have some wildly profitable, powerful, innovative industry in your economic area. It allows the government to get away with all sorts of shenanigans and still have, you know, the place function pretty well. Um, but if that industry declines, things fall apart really quick. I was uh, looking at Rogan's Instagram, Joe Rogan, and he, uh, he reposted this thing from Tim Oliphant, an artist who's an incredible artist, incredible artist of Elon, Joe, and of Chimp flying the ship that they're in, the Tesla ship, spaceship. And But it made me very sad because what Tim was saying is that I've, I've drawn since I was a kid, graduated from college with an art degree. A few years later, I found myself pursuing in a miserable home improvement job, mostly painting houses. But Joe inspired him to quit his home improvement job and become a full-time artist. And I was like, ah, this is where our society is done to people. People don't want to do home improvement work. They don't want to be plumbers. They want to be artists. And this is a big problem. A functional job that has great benefit to society, that is tangible. And people are like, but I don't want to service my community. I want to draw pictures. Now, I certainly respect art. I make art. We make music. But I think the issue is not... It, it may be unfair to target the one guy who's actually a really good artist. And you know what? Drawing pictures isn't so bad. It, you know, it can so be a bad. useful way for and, a person no, to spend their I'll, time. And Tim went on, he went on to clarify that he, was, he didn't like working for a corporation and being part of the cog in the machine uh, thing. I get that. Yeah. What were you, you going to say? I was going to say I find it remarkable that we're in this, this – this, uh, we, we've developed to a point where complaining on the internet is more valuable than building a house or fixing someone's plumbing. That drawing no, a picture of Joe, it, it, it absolutely well, is. Because you can't have the same number of people doing it. Like a small minority of people are able to become very successful doing something like this. But if it was equally as valuable, like we would have just as many people in both trades making money. But like most people who try to make money complaining on the internet totally fail. Whereas I think if you go to trade school, you are pretty likely to make an income. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. I just think, you know, Ian, you made a good point. We People should feel good about doing yeah. trades. And it, 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 I just think... When we're when we're kids, or at least when when I was the millennial generation, we're told to be the greatest of all time. We're told to be rock stars and race car drivers and astronauts. Well, yeah, it's we have denigrated work so much. Yeah. Right? There was this idea, and almost everyone was told this growing up. Uh, not me personally, but so many people I know had their parents tell them things like, you know, if you don't uh, study hard and get that degree, you're going to end up in you know like manual labor or as a sanitary worker or something like that. And for some people, that's what they want to do. And thank goodness, because that's an extremely valuable contribution. Yeah, I should be very clear about Oliphant. I've never talked to Tim Oliphant before, and he specified that he didn't. He, he got offered his boss's job at the at the home improvement, and he didn't want to climb the ladder. And I understand being part of a corporate a corporation, and I get it. But 
you know, what made me sad was just the lack of desire or just the sociological lack of desire to fix houses and more that people want to paint pictures. Anytime you, I mean, I, that's my personal experience, right? Like I was a big law and, and you might say, well, that's a really prestigious professional job. And like, I just looked around and realized some of the cases I was working on, like, okay, this might not be like literally working with my hands or something, but I am a cog in a litigation machine, mm-hmm. right? Like I am representing a tr- trust created out of a bankruptcy of a company that is suing 64 of these small issuers out of some mortgage-backed securities and like we're you know constructing these briefs in order to extract whatever we can out of these small little issuers to the benefit of this bankruptcy trust which you can literally go and buy shares in and the only thing you know the only thing that this trust owns is the rights to the proceeds of the litigation you'll always work for someone yeah there's no difference between being the employee of a company and running your company now obviously there are certain differences what i mean to say is I have to negotiate with people I work with all day, every day. You know, Mm -hmm. we've got a bunch of people that are involved in how this company works from the infrastructure end of things to the ad sales end of things and their disagreements. And there are term, term, uh, deal terminations. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have a simple agreement with another person, I'll do this work for you in exchange for this rate. That's the exact same thing we do that I do every day as someone who owns the company. I just, I think people need to get out of the mindset of I'm a cog in a machine working for someone. No, you provide a service. You negotiate with company. If company is not providing you what you need, you leave and negotiate with someone else. When I worked for Vice, people were shocked that I quit when I quit. And they were like, why would you leave? Vice is the best. Oh, they're the greatest. And I was like, Vice works for me. I don't work for them. When they stopped providing me with what I needed, I fired them. That, that, that's the mentality I had. I went in there. I said, guys, I want this, this, and this. You got it? Okay, I'm going to do my thing. I will do my thing here. You like that. Okay, great. You got to give me these things for it. I didn't just go and say, I need a paycheck. I said, I want these three things delivered to me in exchange for what you're going to get. And I worked for them as an employee. And then once they stopped delivering or didn't provide, I just said, I'm out. And I think of it as, as an employee, you're working for the corporation. So is the owner of the corporation. You're both working for the betterment of the corporation. And the owner primarily is working for the people that are buying his goods and services or her goods and services. The problem is when employees don't have incentive to, they don't gain more if the company gains more and the owner gains more. So that I understand feeling like a cog because you're not getting an incentive reward. Some work, some work is just more intellectually stimulating than other work and interesting intrinsically. Like, I don't know. There's, I can I can see how a guy would you know want to be an artist and would get more value and excitement out of doing art and seeing it spread around the world than they would out of I you know I think it's I think it's a mix of cultural and uh, human nature. Mm-hmm. Humans want social acceptance. We want other people to praise us and say we're doing mm-hmm. good things. It works really well on a small tribal scale. When you are in a village of fifty people. And you do something, you come back with a huge boar and everyone's clapping and cheering because they're happy because they're going to eat. And you did this great thing. It feels really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's how grooming works online and in these schools. They keep trying to shower you with love and make you feel good because humans crave social acceptance because we are social creatures. So what ends up happening is over time, you will get more praise for writing a good song than you will, you know, uh, saving someone from a burning building. Depending on the scale of the burning building, I suppose, like if you're a guy who's like in a plane and you crash into the Hudson River or whatever, you'll be a hero on the Put You On Magazine. Sully. But how many firefighters are, you know, walking the red carpet? How many police officers? I, I just watched this crazy viral video of a cop walks right up to, a, to to arrest a guy and the guy just unloads on him. 
and then like it's brutal footage and stuff. This thing. How how often do we have? No, cops are demonized to an insane degree. Like I certainly have my complaints about authoritarianism and what the police department that can mean in terms of certain circumstances, but we demonize the people who are working the day to day jobs to make the system run to save lives. You you you'll get some twenty year old who will spend 15 minutes writing a song. And I literally mean 15 minutes. They'll be like, okay, we got the beat. We got the hook. We got the chorus. Send it over to a company who then says, we're going to layer it, get it done. And then they're like, put it on TV for us. And all of a sudden, everyone's screaming and crying and clapping and cheering. You are the greatest. Why would someone strive to be a firefighter? There was a poll. They asked young people what they what they wanted to be when they grew up. And you know what they all said in America? Influencers. And you know what they all said in China? astronauts like yep <laughs> so we have a cultural problem yep. where our culture praises influencer because it's simple virality is a machine in which we get people addicted and it feels good to get those numbers to see that that number going up to see those views youtubers have long talked about how when their viewership goes down they get depressed mm. i can always tell you whenever you see these youtuber burnouts where they're like i just can't keep doing this anymore look at their view count it almost always is uh, preceded by their viewers. Like the last five videos they made were lower than normal. And mm. then all of a sudden they have a breakdown because it feels like you're losing and everybody hates you and it's being ripped apart, ripped away from you. Meanwhile, in China, they're like, I really want to be an astronaut. We to need to bring that back. Well, in, in we in some ways, we become more like the things that we love and our culture has lost sight of, of what's really important, unfortunately. Well, maybe, and now now some kudos to Tim Oliphant. Not only are you one of the best artists I've ever seen, Tim, uh, you're inspiring people to become astronauts, man. This art will do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, art has utility and this is coming from a guy who makes cartoons, which is, like, you know, by no means high art and I'm very blessed. I'm very fortunate to be able to do what I do. Everyone who's on my crew who helps me is absolutely fantastic and unbelievably talented but one of the biggest compliments that i receive from people is from folks who are just working regular nine to fives you know important jobs construction workers plumbers etc who will say things like hey man your cartoons brighten my day i think that's awesome and i think art can serve that purpose but very oftentimes what people want to do is make it completely about themselves so it's not about i want an enter i want to entertain an audience it's about like I want to get the praise. I want to be the cool person. I want to be worshipped, basically. And I think that temptation sets in with anyone anytime they're in front of any kind of audience. But what people have to keep sight of is you're producing for other people. And that's true in any industry. It doesn't matter what you do. What? And so part of the reason I think our culture doesn't take pride in its work is because we view it as something which should just be about ourselves. And whether you become a literal rock star musician or whether you're building houses, if you view what you're doing as just being about you and not for other people, you're going to be miserable. Well, here, I'll simplify it, uh, or I'll put my view very simply for people. I think most pe most of the time, if you are driven to become famous and successful, and you think, I've had people say this to me, when I was working for Vice and traveling around, they'd say, I really wish I could do what you did. I'd love to travel around the world covering these stories. I know they're not serious. I know what they're really saying is, I want people watching me on, on the internet. I want millions of views. I want the praise. Because it's really easy to buy a plane ticket to Europe and walk around with a cell phone. In fact, I, you know, when I went, I went to Spain and covered a lot of the protests, well, I already owned the cell phone, so that didn't cost me anything. The plane ticket was a couple hundred bucks. 
I crashed, you know, at a hostel for like 70 bucks, uh, you know, it was like 70 bucks for like a couple days. And then I walked around filming stuff. You can just do it if you want to do it. So, you know, how do we get started on a show like this? Well, I, I wanted to do it. I didn't, I, there was, when we started doing this show, we were getting, you know, like a thousand people watching. And I wasn't, I wasn't every day going like, come on, get those numbers up, get those. I was just like, I like talking about these things. Something changed in the dynamic of artistry when people gained the ability to control their own distribution channels because radio basically and television, you gained rich artists that never really existed in the past. You'd have people that were basically patron, you'd have, they'd have a patron like Leonardo da Vinci or whoever. They might have some money, but it was usually like a very wealthy landowner paying them money to work. And then they would be their patron. And then now, all of a sudden, we've got rock star, TV star. Those didn't exist until 100 years ago. And it's messing with people. They think that it's a rich scheme. Be an actor to get rich. Be a musician to get rich. It's not about – it was never about the money. People would play music for dinner at night at a tavern and hope that they got a place to stay. And that was the original, you know. I mean, there were, there were orchestras. There were, there were great works. But it really was like the wealthy being like, we like these things we want. Yeah, but there the were idea famous of residuals. Musicians. Residuals is a new idea. You would right. all you would get paid for the night that you played, and that was it. And yeah. then they developed recording, and now it's another another realm. But there there were famous musicians for a long time. Yeah, they would be famous, but they wouldn't always be rich. That was the weird thing until they could until they could sell copies of their work. Right. Once once we had um, copyable media, all of a sudden albums could be sold and the song could be performed everywhere all at once, and everyone would buy it up. Now we have streaming and everyone's losing money. Yeah, and piracy. You see the age of, I don't like, it's not actual pirate, har, 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 but it's like, you know, money, mm-hmm. um, art distribution, copying and, and distributing it illegally or, or unethically. Um, and, and it's like, it's almost like we're coming full circle. Like we've passed through the age of the rich artist and now we're going back to like, just be an artist if you want to be an artist and right. do it in addition to your other things that you do. You don't have to only just be an artist all the time. And you can, and we're actually going back to sort of old school patronage. Right, like except decentralized. Um, you know, you don't you don't own the. I mean, you don't necessarily say that you own the rights to anything, but people will be like members to your show and right have to you know patron you know patronize you that way. Um, I think it's. I mean, and I think that's probably a good thing. I mean, it, you know, it it's not as good for artists in general if they they can't you know control their medium well enough to sell it effectively, like as a track. It's extremely good because the patron can't dictate what the artist does now. Yeah. There's so many little patrons that the artist still has autonomy. Yeah. Which this thing. shows an example of that. I do think we might see a shift into and uh, we're seeing we're seeing the attention economy expand, right? So we had we had the manufacturing economy. People talked about will a service economy work where people are just providing services? We got we got to manufacture stuff. Now we're in the attention economy mm-hmm. where people make a living by just getting your attention. Now, that's scary because people then make crazy content and crazy videos to try and get your attention to make money off of it. So we're, we're in the influence space. I think we're going to move into a creator economy. So influence, I think, can only go so far once everyone has a certain degree of influence. And then I think what we're seeing with this art, what we're seeing with YouTube and TikTok is a creator-based economy where instead of manufacturing things, you're going to make art. Mm-hmm. You're going to make entertainment. You're going to make ideas or something i think computer code is an example of that it's a type well, of art that translates influence. into a functional object i wonder though i mean oh no by all means go ahead no no no. go ahead I'm, well I, I i just wanted to piggyback on what tim's saying here and ask a question you sort of mentioned a shifting into creator economy but i wonder if our economy is is gonna i mean how long is it going to take for it to recover to the point where that continues to really be pragmatic because if we really start to struggle for resources i don't know how we'd be able to support that 
I mean, you could look far ahead into like 3D printing food and 3D printing oil and water. Like um, 3D if, printing oil. Yeah, if you have enough uh, electricity, you could convert plastic into oil. Um, if you have enough carbon, if you I have mean, the materials, you're talking about fusion. molecular printing and yeah, atomic printing and stuff. They've they've worked on a molecular printing for medicine thus far, but I imagine we'll head towards atomic printing. But I mean, that's that just comes out of the energy source. Are they going to let us use fusion? Or are they going to keep acting like it doesn't exist? I don't know. I guess I'm more optimistic now that I think about it. You know, I, and it, I, my investments match that, right? Like I'm betting on the, you know, the general strength of the American economy. That's how I invested. That's how I'm betting. I'm not saying a creator-based economy is going to be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I, and so what I mean by that is it's, it, it will be very similar to an influence economy, but it'll be people making art and then just selling it. And you're not going to need Amazon. You know, you don't need to go to stores anymore. Nobody needs to work at McDonald's. We've got kiosks. All of those jobs are going away. So the service jobs are being automated. People are going to have to find other things that people want to exchange for. And I think it's going to be someone was going to write a song. They're going to make a piece of art. They're going to create things. And then that's going to be how they sell it or they post it or NFT or something like that. And there will be a way in which people can can acquire resources in a new kind of economy in the future. Art is the new currency or one of the new currencies. It's like the old seashells they used to find and give to their wives 10,000, 100,000 years ago. You know, Mm. and these are the new seashells, these art pieces. Well, let me make everything a little bit more pessimistic for you, Will. That's why I paid $270,000 for an ape. Not only are diesel prices at a new record high, but they're actually predicting diesel shortages. Oh, cool. So... I'd like to imagine that we're headed towards a future where we have this, you know, one step closer towards utopia. Poverty is being eliminated. But if there's no diesel, nothing's being sent to your house. Your local grocery store is going to have no meat. And you better start figuring out what you would do in a circumstance so, like so this. So what is the reason behind the diesel shortage? I'm actually curious. It's today, that's the thesis of the article, but I want to know why. I, I think it's just, a, uh, they say, to drop in production. Drop in production. Increased demand and a drop in production. They're saying a shortage may be next. And I think Joe Biden said, we don't got enough truckers, man. You know, it's like someone already super chatted us and we'll read in a bit. They said that the cost of fuel is greater than what they make. So they quit. Mm. Oh, boy. Right. Well, okay. Scarcity of an important commodity, I guess. That's not good. But I mean, I'm still, you know, there's still a good reason to be generally optimistic about the U.S. economy in terms of like finding alternatives. I mean, the, the higher price one thing gets, the more people figure out a way to use different resources or come up with a technological innovation, you know. So you're not shorting it, is what you're telling us? No, I'm not going to. Shorting, I'm the, Ameri- the, shorting the American economy <laughs> is a, has been a loser's bet for 100 years, right? Like that's – if you're talking about what has what has been a bad idea, shorting the American economy and I got, a historically I, 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 bad I, idea. I'd say I don't – I think – I think betting on the American uh, American economy is the best thing you can do. Because in the event the American economy collapses and you live inside of it, who cares? Exactly. Right. It's, oh, you're in trouble. I'm anyway. all in. Like, yeah, no, yeah, gold. Exactly. You, like, the people who hedge, it's sort of, you know, this is kind of like the classic answer to people who are, like, buying gold. It's like, well, why are you buying gold? It's like, well, the economy is going to collapse. I'm like, gold ain't going to, you, you want to buy bullets and, and, like, spam. You know, right? right. right? Like, <laughs> you know, if that's, if that, that's your hedge against, if you're trying to hedge against that, you're not hedging with the right I always, I always found this funny when people, you know, Alex Jones would always talk about buying gold and stuff. And then I was like, what am I going to do with gold in an apocalypse? Yeah. Am I going to be walking down the street and some guy's going to have like a sandwich and I'll be like, I'll give you gold for it. He'll be like, I don't want to carry that. It's heavy. You can make batteries. Like, I just make it. a grill. Sure. Sure. You're going to make a battery. You're gonna, you're, that battery. There's going to be a guy and he's going to have, he's going to have a, a wild born and you're going to say, I have a raw piece of gold you can make a battery with. He's going to go, that's a good point. <laughs> I will give you. No. It's your Baghdad battery I was talking about. Have you ever if seen you, those? If you were walking down mm-hmm. the street in the apocalypse and a guy on the left 
has has a bottle of water and the guy on the right has food. Or I, should, I, I believe you better. If, if, if you're walking down the street and there's a guy with a, you know, a, a big sandwich and you have gold and the guy next to you has a bottle of water, who do you think's getting a piece of that sandwich? Yeah. Yeah. Once basic needs are met, it comes down to the metals like copper. No. Copper no, because no. you make bronze with it to make weapons, person, stabby weapons. The so person that you can with take the water the bottle is going to walk up to the guy with the sandwich and say, I'll give you some water for some of your sandwich. And it'll be like, deal. And you'll walk up. I got gold. And they'll be like, I can't eat that. And the other guy's going to be like, I got this knife. And you're like, ah. So that's Not why they, that's where the metal yeah. was for. It so, was weapons. So basically. like, and generally, I think, you know, you don't need to hedge that much against general yeah, apocalypse. Cool. One, it's extraordinarily unlikely. And two, you know, the, you, the, the, the idea that you would find the correct hedge is low. Well, no, 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 it is. Uh, hedging for the apocalypse is moving out to the middle of nowhere, getting chickens, getting some emergency food. Yeah, doing food. you guys are doing, yeah, I'm, actually. I'm yeah, you know what? Uh, you're not invited now after no. all this. Right. What, you you, you already come let bring your stock like options. No, you know what, Seamus? You're no, not invited. That's absolutely Will, ridiculous. No, I'll build right, my own comedy. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sit. I'm looking you at think me. you think we need a cartoon? We're gonna start Shimkins, bro. Well, I'm gonna run Shimkin City. We don't. We don't Shimkins. <laughs> I'm gonna have my we own need, setup. You're gonna be begging to come in. We no, don't need Shimpton. We don't need a cartoonist. We need a lawyer. You're saying that now. Right. To, to, I mean, to be honest, though, like a lawyer would probably handle negotiations between other tribes better than like it'd be a, a, a pretty good job. Like a so, so society, like figuring out yeah new dispute resolution mechanisms that aren't war. That seems like yeah. that's what they won't be interested, man. Uh, I think what's gonna happen is you'll it's go like, around to other people's compounds and be like, actually, we have copywritten that method of uh, collecting <laughs> food. You owe us ten percent. Yes. It would actually be a funny bit where it's like we choose the lawyer over the animator in the apocalypse. <laughs> And then the lawyer is like, I've negotiated this really great treaty that will benefit all of us. And they're like, kill him. And then the animator walks up and he's like, I drew a picture of you and your mom together. And he's like, mommy. What, what we're missing is the synergy. Of them. Because if Will brings up the boring law, Seamus can animate it and make it fun for people to understand. There you go. Insult there their intelligence go. at the same time. Exactly. I, I got some, some good news. I looked up how to make your own biodiesel. It's actually, I don't think it's that yeah, complicated. I mean, yeah, the, you grow mo- there grow is actually it. one good financial method. Like, bet on the American economy. Like, do you think Europe's better than us? Like, they're not. They're, they're, they, they have worse rule of law. They have wor- they're way more socialist. Do you think, like, China is going to be a s- smarter bet? Possibly, but China's not nearly as innovative as we are as a general matter. Yeah, right? but they are willing to enslave people. Right, but then that's also like an independent problem in terms of stability. It's a good reason not to stability. It's an independent problem, like on an ethical, both on a practical and an ethical level. Right, ethically that's wrong, it, but practically also that's a recipe for instability. Uh, yeah, what's their EKG score? What is that? like ESG? ESG. No. What's their what's China's rule of law is worse in China? No, China's gonna have a like, ninety-seven. Or something. <laughs> like America's best. America's still the best place in the world to do business. It's still like has the most innovation. Still has the most like well, development. I mean, maybe maybe red states. It's like. We're, you know, the problems we're dealing with are almost like we just, we're worried that government is going to, you know, outrate, essentially be so bad that it overwhelms the benefits that innovation and our general economy will bring. And they're, they're, they're making it closer than we want, but I would still, I'd still bet on the economy. I, I'll the, tell you this, New Jersey, these blue states are really destroying themselves. Yeah. No, no, for real. So when we, when we were headquartered in New Jersey, I was reading about, you know, opportunity expansion and they said they had a millennial brain drain. Millennials, uh, as soon as or I'm sorry, I shouldn't even say millennial. It was it's young people in general. As soon as they become adults, they get out. Mm-hmm. There is zero opportunity, and the reason for it is they're anti-business. Mm-hmm. New Jersey is very very anti-business. Period. So when I was looking at expanding in New, I'm like, I, I, look, you know, there's, there's an opportunity here. You got New York up here. You got Philly here. You got you know Pennsylvania right across the street. And then I was like, wow, those are the laws and those are the taxes. Let's leave. Did you ever investigate why you think that is? It's because I think um, people on the left vote 
based on their feelings and not based on what makes sense. And so they end up saying things like, hey, we need more tax money to pay for schools because more schools and more money in schools means kids will be better off. So we need, we need to raise the taxes to get more tax money. And then what ends up happening when you raise taxes is tax revenue goes down mm-hmm. and businesses flee. And then all of a sudden you end up with poverty and corruption and broken cities. And they're like, we don't understand. We taxed the rich. And it's like, and then the rich left. What do you think is going to happen? And I mean, the, the, I mean, I think competition between like jurisdictions is, is different now, right? If you think about what, who is New Jersey competing with? Well, they're competing with the state of New York and the state of Pennsylvania, basically. And those states are not really super business friendly either uh, in their own right. So they probably didn't think like, oh, you know, we can just be a little better than those two states and, and not lose business across the rivers. New Jersey should be one of the best states for business and wealthiest states in the country. It's in a perfect position for yeah. it. Because it's got you've, – you're, you're, you've got New York right there. You've got Pennsylvania right there, right? <laughs> so you have, a, you have a real opportunity for the people of Philly and South Jersey to be like – we do, we, we sell our product in Philly, but we manufacture and run our business in Jersey because they're better for us. You've got a real opportunity for the same thing we said in New York. We operate out of North Jersey and then we do business in, in New York because the customers are there, but the laws are better in New Jersey. I, they did the opposite. The first thing I was thinking, it's the think opposite they, of New Jersey. The they, laws are worse. Oh, so nobody wants to be there at all. Do you think right. they collude the governments, like the New York governments, like don't make your state too much more likable than too much better than oh, ours. sure they do yeah those those state governments work with each other right like especially if they're the same party like they don't really want to be screwing each other over that much um and you know they worked they especially think about things like covid regulations like they were all working together all those like connecticut yep. new york Killing new jersey people. were like working together to have uniform regulations so they weren't losing people and and honestly that's that's one of the reasons that it was more robust there than it was in like the dmv right the district of columbia tried to impose some like really restrictive mandates and like, but they weren't in place in Virginia, and they weren't in place in Maryland. So quickly, DC found that it had to get rid of them because otherwise, they would just their restaurants were empty. I wonder mm-hmm. why Maryland. You know, Maryland is a really great place. You've got Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and DC, and Delaware. All of these different states, you could be like, "Come, bring your business here." Instead, they're like, "Get out." And Maryland's really weird. It is. It's a very strange case. It's got to yeah. be Delaware. Delaware must have everybody on the, their boot on everyone's throat. Like it's the it's the state where there's like no corporate income tax. Delaware and all every company is headquartered in Delaware, like a PO box. It's like some one old lady has Delaware, Delaware corporate law, man. They yep. just they they got way out ahead of it. They decided to make themselves very favorable to business. That's exactly what they did. They were nearby. They were on the Acela. Dude, Delaware is like barely a state. It's I mean it's basically they make their money off of their their corporate law. Like that's their that's their industry in effect. Like that's what they produce. They produce good, reliable, predictable corporate law and like favorable business, uh, favorable environment to be I just, incorporated. I just want to ask people: Did did any of you actually ever look at Delaware? It's not real. It's Delaware. not. It, yeah, it's not a real place. It's like a big city. Like look look at this. Look, I'm, I'm well. It's aware. like they can't, they don't they don't, they don't even <laughs> have access to more than. They don't even have access to half of the peninsula they're on. It's like 12 acres. Yeah. It's like we're a peninsula, but only like a small part of it. What, what is the other part of that peninsula? What state it's is it? It's Delmarva. It's, yeah. So both Maryland and Virginia have a chunk of that peninsula. Yeah. So Maryland is most of it, right? But then and that Virginia's bottom little here. tail is Virginia. They yeah. call it the Delmarva Peninsula. Huh. Mm-hmm. And so Delaware has this chunk. That's it. That's all they have. They couldn't even get the peninsula they're on. Hmm. There's like one city. You know, go easy good, on them, good, Tim. Good, good crab, though. A lot of crab. Uh-huh. Yeah, great seafood. It's just seafront property. Just a, a, a rich corporate person's dream, I guess. Eh, it depends on it the, depends on where you go. Rehoboth is very like college. I mean, Wilmington's Wilmington's pretty cool. That is like, such a weirdly I've hung out there a couple times. State, man. Really great seafood. 
But uh, it's 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 you know what they're I, I'm pretty sure they're just funded by giving good favorable laws to corporations. And everybody's always like, what is it, Delaware and Nevada or something? Yeah, Nevada has Nevada good, interest in crypto. Oh, it's Wyoming but has interest in cryptocurrency. But you know, tax. some oh. yeah, some some states are finally starting to try and compete for like incorporation rules. It's just now it's it's gotten to the point where even if other states have like a little bit better of like a financial deal for incorporating in their state, because Delaware corporate law is so well developed. That's where com- bigger companies want to be incorporated because that's where they can get sued. So, and that's where they have like the big intra-business disputes. And so everybody's just comfortable. There's so many more decisions, so many, so much. Their law is just better developed. And so like that's where corporations. Do you know when it, it began that they started making it all about the corporation in Delaware? I don't remember exactly when it began, but I know it's, you know, it, I don't know. I, yeah, actually, I don't know when that began. That's it, but I'm sure there's books written on it. And it's, it is really sort of, you know, an interesting, like thing that a state like Delaware, which otherwise would not have some big thriving business industry, just really figured out and decided, ah, this is what American capitalism needs, a state that really focuses on giving corporations what they want in terms of both like a friendly place to incorporate and predictable law. And, yeah. the, and the people who run, I mean, the, the lawyers they get who end up being on like the Delaware Supreme Court are like top tier business attorneys. Like they, they're super, super serious about it. Um, and, and very, very, you know, other places you might get clowns and like family members or whatever. You, the Delaware Supreme Court is notorious for having like brilliant judges. Everybody's moving to Texas, and I'm just like, that's such a bad idea. How come? So when, when big moderate types, maybe the anti woke liberal type, moves from California or Arizona or New York to Texas, they bring industry, which is mostly full of these progressive left lib, you know, cultists. Who then come down to work there. So the obvious thing is like Joe Rogan, for instance. Mm-hmm. He's a lefty dude. But we all like him. He has pro-free speech and he's he's pushed back and he's done really great in fighting against a lot of the, the excesses of the wokeness and, and, and the left. But when he moves to Texas, he brings industry with him and large sums of money, which he, they're going to hire more Hollywood producers and L.A. types and they're going to all flock along with him. Elon Musk is an even better example. All of the Tesla employees from California, he's he's gonna have to he's gonna have to either rehire or relocate a ton of those California progressives into Texas. So when I see all that happening, and Austin's already particularly woke, and everyone's like Austin's the place to be, I'm like I gotta admit Austin's really cool, but I would not set up business there. You're you're basically saying I'm gonna set up my business there, I'm gonna move there. I'm going to invest in this city, and in five years, there's a good chance I will just be surrounded by a bunch of woke people who have voted for this stuff because they all followed. Mm-hmm. I look at West Virginia, and I'm like, West Virginia is the second most Trump-supporting state in the country. It is it is MAGA country, <laughs> and nobody wants to be there. There's there, a great, so I'll go there, and it'll stay MAGA country, and then I will hire people who share the values that we have, liberty, personal responsibility, and will create opportunity and bring wealth to those who already Agreed. The thing about West Virginia for me was, it's like, here's this big open place that's really got right, good. It's got good laws. It's got constitutional carry. It's got good building codes. It's got good business laws. It's got uh, great incentives for new businesses. And nobody's going to follow. So that means when we start hiring people, when we start contracting, that's people of West Virginia who share values of personal responsibility who are going to be receiving that wealth, not some woke person who moved to Austin to take that job. Mm-hmm. That's that's the opportunity here. Go to Florida. Florida's great, but I'm like, 
we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna set up and expand the economy in a place where people aren't flocking to it, and it already has the values I like. Yeah, there's like a, a fa- I get the the image of when I think of West Virginia, I think of like walking o- through hills, which is like hurts, it's exhausting, and then I picture a dude in a red hat with a gun, and I'm like, well, that's that's what I when I think about. I know it's not, but that's like the liberal brainwashing. Mm-hmm. People just have this idea. Man, I took a walk the other day. I'm close to West Virginia right now. And I went up on a hill, dude. When you look around from the top of a hill, when you're out in the middle of the in the most beautiful areas in the world, I'm, I would imagine it's just so stunning. And the air is so. And clean. then the bear we, comes we, up, heals you, and be sure you have bear spray, I guess. But it was on a road, so I didn't feel too. Just even too the drive up here was just gorgeous today. Mm-hmm. You know, just driving through rural oh, Virginia, yeah. and then the bear goes up to Ian and says, "It is time to prove yourself as a man. <laughs> Punch it in the face and put my fingers down its throat. Ah, Choke it. My gosh. Heavy metal plays. I thought about bears. What do you do when a bear comes these days? Because that's like you what die. the real threat yeah, is: wild die. animals and I guess humans are also animals. But like, bro, you just don't let them take your picnic basket. Yeah, that's right. You, you have to stand firm. You got to be not leave food out. It's like another lifestyle. If you and run, he won't respect you. Thinking about I've bears no and stuff, like I've Yogi Bear was kind of a crazy show. Yeah, he was still picnic baskets with boo-boo. But, but that's all he was doing. He was like a, he was like a nuisance in, in the reality. If you like chased after a bear because he stole your picnic basket, he'd probably just maul you or something. He'd murder you. I mean, I let the the picnic basket go at that point. Depends on the bear. I guess, what do they say? For like grizzlies, you gotta curl up and cover your neck, but for black bears, you gotta fight. Well, you also have to understand that Yogi is smarter than the average bear. (laughs) That's right. And so I would assume that means he has like some understanding of maybe firearms, the fact that humans can shoot him, but either way, it's it's preventing him from getting violent with people. We haven't seen it. Yogi? Yeah, we haven't seen Yogi in any of the cartoons. Can you imagine? Because a bear can really just destroy somebody. Dude, I've never if seen Yogi one If Yogi wanted person. to, Ranger Rick would like be obliviated. It would just... I saw Grizzly Man. I highly recommend people you see, look into that. You ever see old bear armor? Yeah, look at this. <laughs> it's like a Russian... This is like Nightmare a, stuff. Is this Russian or something? It's Probably. Crazy. I can't imagine that they really wore something like that. Yeah, Pretty man. Metal. What? What do you, When you got no choice... Yeah, there's a thing called the short-nosed bear. It's so extinct bear now. Armor? Let me see if I can find a picture. Bear of armor. Bear armor. I feel like you would, would still get destroyed if a bear smacked you. Like it would hurt the bear, right? But they're strong. Yeah. One of those things smacks you. It'll. Blunt Pretty force. sure a, grizz, a grizzly can hit a car door and smack it clean off the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and like you need really large caliber rounds to even hurt a bear. Jeez. Yeah. Like there was a there was a, a grizzly they they found. I can't remember where I was reading the story. And they finally killed it, and it was riddled with like forty-five nine millimeter, just because from people shooting at it and the bullets just like going in it and doing nothing. The Grizzly's like, "You cannot harm me, <laughs> feeble human weapons." It's terrifying. That's what he's um, they're, they're like they're actually like Sean Connery. <laughs> 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 right. I don't know because that's because you know bears are masculine. Oh, yeah. Well, I will take I bears know. over a bunch of hungry people. Mm. I, honestly, in this at this point in my life, I'm, I'm, I'd rather not face a bear. So I'm not going to say that. What I was going to say, which is I'd rather face a bear than I'd rather not face a bear. But I, I just, I, you know, some, that's life. Some, that's life. There was a story recently of a dude who just fought a bear. He fought a bear off with his bare hands. Ooh, with what? his bare hands. Bare hands. Something happened. I can't remember. And there was like a bear came and he had to, he had to fight it for his family and then he won. Dude's built Whoa. different. Yeah. Bears are crazy, man. Yeah, check out Grizzly Man. Have you guys seen Grizzly Man? No. Mm-mm. It's a documentary. This guy went into the woods. He was obsessed with bears, and they mm. thought, well, I think there's something wrong with this guy, but he went with his girlfriend and lived with the bears, you know? And then they said, okay, you can live with bears, I guess. Don't do it, but I guess. But not when they're not when they're hungry. Not when they're getting just out of hibernation. Yeah, no. But he was like, no, they're my friends. Why? 
and ate it's, him. It's a Werner Herzog movie, yeah. dude. And you get the audio of him screaming. Oh, it, no you, it's, Why would he think that? I don't know. Was... Uh, it's like you, it's like he had a death wish. You hear his girlfriend screaming, "Fight back! Yes. Fight back!" on the audio, and it's like he was just—I don't know. There's no video of it. The cap, the lens cap was on when it got recorded. Thank goodness. And then what happened to the his his was a wife? Is she that... was then killed by the bear as well. Mm-hmm. She didn't run. No, I don't know. But I mean, I guess they were out in the middle of the woods. There's really nowhere to run to. I don't. I, to be honest, I don't know. Maybe they had both had death wish. It's a weird thing to be doing, hanging out with bears when they're hungry. I'm just imagining these two hippies being like, "Yo, like the bears are my friends, man." That's what and it like, was. The bears are mauling the guy. Like, "Yo, why are you mauling Joey? Yeah. What are you doing?" It's like, "Whoa, stop. No, why are you biting me now? Oh, I'm being eaten it, by a bear." Rather, I try to be too insensitive because I think he has family and stuff. But like, he is screaming, <laughs> "Like, stop! Ow! Ow! Stop!" You can hear it. It's so weird. As he's being torn open. Yeah. It's horrific. The bear is just like free lunch. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go to Super Chats, my friends. If you haven't already, smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. And uh, did I say smash that like button? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, head, head over to TimCast.com. We're going to have that members-only show coming up at 11 p.m. Will be fun, spicy, and not so family-friendly. Let's read what we got here. All right. Matthew Recamp says, Tim, if you haven't watched 2,000 Mules yet, then what about a watch along in the members only section? Two birds, one stone. That's a really That's good a idea. idea. I'm, yeah. no, I'm, no, for real. I'll, I'm, I'll reach out to Dinesh. Maybe he would want to come and we could do a thing where we do like, uh, what was it? Mystery Science th- Theater 3000. Yes. Yeah. So where good. they're like, they're watching it at the same time. <laughs> Making fun of it. So we, we could do something. I would totally be down to do that. Make a, make a, a members only thing of like our initial reaction to watching it all. And then we could do that thing where we have everybody sitting around and then like the screen changes showing like Timcast and then we have the thing playing in the middle. Maybe, maybe Dinesh would be down for that. Mm, that'd be great. And then that's an interesting idea. Cause that's then, cause then we get, you get our, our initial reaction to it mm-hmm. right away. Awesome. And that'd be really cool. Okay. At the very least, I'll ask for his permission cause I know a lot of people are pirating it, yeah. but if he was cool mm. with us doing something like that. Yeah, good promotion. I, I don't know though, cause it's like a members only thing for us to make, like we make money off of it, but it's like his movie. So maybe we could pay him something. Mm-hmm. Or we could put it up for free on the website. Just be one of those. Hmm. For, well, I don't know if he wants us to give away well, his movie for free. It, yeah. yeah, I so. think it. it well, we'll talk to him about it. It's good. To be good fair, publicity. though, like our commentary will ruin the movie, so yeah. it, you know, I will, will not, not be as enjoyable. It's a fair watch. use to watch a film by its mm-hmm. own. <laughs> well, well maybe, maybe we can work something out with him. Maybe it wouldn't necessarily be a website thing. Maybe it's a special thing that we cross do it so you mm-hmm. know because i don't want to i don't wanna take money away from his project that he spent money producing you know what i mean or make money off of his work yeah it's not fair but it but it is a good idea to do a, a, a like a, a commentary like watch along that'd be great rude says have you guys considered making gaming pcs or consoles to compete with microsoft and the like that is a that is a very odd question i've never thought about entering huh. the microprocessing development that but sounds like a very difficult and technical feel industry to just decide to enter. Yeah. Well, I have thought have about m- it. And there's there's <laughs> a lot know. of competitors already in there. I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like the smarter thing, if you were even thinking about it, would be to license the Timcast brand to an existing why don't company. We, why don't we get some Raspberry Raspberry Pis and then run the new game on it? And <laughs> just sell. duct tape a bunch of Raspberry Pis together and be like, no, no, no it's no, no, really no, no. fast. The game we are making mm-hmm. can be preloaded onto a small yeah. device that people just plug in their TV and they have the game. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool. We could I mean, do you that. a physical thing you could play. Yeah. You. I, the yeah. cross-promote with like Alienware or whatever, the Timcast Alienware. Yeah. yeah, I've been thinking about doing that for the software we're developing with the charity is get a Raspberry Pi preloaded with that. If it was preloaded with a game too, that might be kind of interesting, it's, although maybe it's overkill. It's, All right. Jay Yes says, Ian's head is full of graphene, literally. <laughs> okay, well, well, Are look. Are you sure? 
we we did integrate Ian's brain with graphene so that the the neurons could connect and it would transmit electricity much much better. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember that part. Yeah, he forgot. But I guess it's true. He got drunk and forgot. Yeah. I've had graphene on the brain. We were talking about building computers just now. I'm like, no, but we could build microprocessors with graphene conductors, and I just didn't want to you know drag you through it. Daniel Trinka says, Tim, consider a bookstore on your website where guests can list their books. Maybe a 1% listing fee to you or something. Good for them. Good for you. Good idea. That is also a strange idea, but... It's good. I mean, yeah. I like it. It's kind of weird because uh, we're, 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 uh, we, haven't, we, have, we just finished uh, the song, Bright Eyes. It's, it's completely done, and we're, we're working on the music video. And we're trying to figure out how do we brand music. And then I just I was thinking, like, we're doing a bunch of crazy stuff this year in terms of production, short film, documentaries, music videos, music production... And then I was just like, as, is there any other company that does all of this stuff? Like, that does too much, you know? Yeah, that's too, a, much. Do, too much is a problem. Yeah. Different brands for different, different things is important. I just mean, like, how come nobody does this? You know, like, where's Joe Rogan's rap album? That'd be awesome. He'd be great. I'd I don't know. That. We got to make know. it, I guess. You know? Snoop Dogg. Or, like, what about a video game? Like, I just... You know, I, Joe's the easy example because he's he's so wealthy and in the cultural space. I just wonder. I shouldn't single him out. There are a lot of ultra wealthy people I know who make way more money than I do, and I just like why don't they do anything with it? I always ask that. Like Seamus, for instance. You know, he's yeah. Not worth I like make an million. insane amount of money. YouTube cartoons, dude. Those pay the bills. If you want to get insanely wealthy, <laughs> draw a couple pictures, put them online. Yeah. No, but but for real, like uh, any one of these ultra wealthy people, you know, why aren't they doing more stuff? I, the honest answer is because they don't have the brain for it. It's not personal. Most people don't have the the cognitive ability or desire to 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 make themselves that busy with these that many different thought processes. Because it requires also once you're that once you have mind. that kind of money, you you don't need to do anything. Well, and right. it's like Tim talks about Want. if you're good at yeah. one thing, it doesn't mean you're good at a lot of different things. Like I feel like Tim maybe. has a lot of different talents. And they're also worried about social respectability, so they don't yeah. want to do things that ESGs, are like ESGs, baby. You know, maybe maybe this is why I'm accused of being on Adderall. Hmm. I get all these lefties like Tim must be on Adderall. It's like no, I don't even drink. I don't do any of that stuff. But you know, I, I don't know. I just want to. We got music coming out. We got a video game coming out. We've got so much stuff that we're trying to just crank out and, and expand upon. But but you know what I mean to say is it's like weird and eclectic. Like obviously some people start companies and they make those companies the best and the biggest and the possible thing they could be. But this is a weird company. Like we have our, our flagship product is a culture political podcast, and then we make video games and 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 music. Music, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's normal. Like, whatever. All right, I'm I'm cool with it. No? Yeah. And if I guess we're broke. Gonna, don't fix it. We're gonna make a video game console and a bookstore next. Mm. That's a good idea. <laughs> the bookstore actually is a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> if we made a marketplace, and people, it's like an alter, like it's a non Silicon Valley marketplace. Like, a, why not? Mike Lindell make a make an Amazon. You know, let people list their products and sell them through a portal so that people don't have to use Amazon. All right. Sharon Sweet says health insurance companies are looking to cover abortion travel expenses for employees. How do you as a business owner feel about having to pay extra for health coverage to cover this? So here's the thing that people don't realize. In in some states, and it might be federal, maybe you know this, you can't actually offer benefits until you reach a certain size. So we were like, you know, we here at Timcast are communists, so we're going to, you know, do great benefits. And then we're like, oh, you can't do that. I mean, you, you have to join up with, like, a PEO. I mean, I was able to do it with, like, just two or three employees. But you have to, like, there's, like, particular services you have to use to get access to it. What's That's, PEO? I forget. I don't know what exactly the acronym is, but their company's, uh, the company's called Trinet. 
and the way it works is it's like they, they do this for startups, right? Like they give, basically it's like you have, if you're a startup with only a few employees, but you want to offer competitive benefit packages, then it's like you effectively are all part of this massive company mm. for the purposes of benefits and they handle your payroll and your benefits. PEO is professional employer organization. Mm -hmm. oh. So that's a company that handles other companies, just gives them a legat. Okay, thank you. Gives them the legal recourse to do bigger All company right. stuff. Yeah, functionality. So let's read some more. The Gaelic Bat says, Seamus, yesterday you said that there is no sin too great that can't, uh, uh, can't forgiven by the sacrifice of Jesus. I'm curious, does that mean you believe Satan could be forgiven for his sins? It's an interesting question. So my understanding of this is that Satan exists... In, I mean, he's spiritual, right? He doesn't have a corporeal form. And so just by the very nature of how angels exist, the decision they made is permanent. So he's fixed in that decision. Like by his nature, he will not be sorry for what his decision was ever. All right. Let's read some more. I can see how that's like Satan is a, is a, is a function and that different people's spirit can become part of that function at different times, but that function will remain. All right. <laughs> Bino says, federal oil regulator worked in Alaska from 14 to 18 in Cook Inlet. As of 18, there was little interest in those leases. Cook Inlet wasn't viewed as lucrative by industry. Plus, state regulars, regulators were overbear, overbearing. Mm. Interesting. I'm not, I'm not surprised. Like, I, I really don't. I think it's, it's weird. Like, normally when it comes to Biden screwing up oil and gas leases, you think, okay, that's just the Biden administration being dumb and environmentalist. It's like, but I honestly think that right now this is probably the one time that if they're actually deciding to cancel an oil and gas lease, it's pr there's probably a, re a decent reason for it. Yeah. You know, because they really, really want the oil price to come down. They really do. All right. Samuel Eddy says, Tim's time travel misadventures. Tim goes to the future and sees that it's really cool. So he brings Ian with him for the next trip, but it becomes a dystopia. Involves an older version of Tim who sounds like Alex Jones. Do you understand the implications of what you just said? When a person travels from their time to the future, the future they're, they're in has no influence from them because they removed themselves from the timeline to jump forward. So if I go to the future and everything's really cool, it means that, in fact, without me, the future ended up being really cool. If I then go back and take Ian to the future and it's a dystopia, that would literally mean Ian made the future cool. Because without his influence in the timeline, the future's a dystopia. I like this movie. <laughs> Let's definitely do that, man. We need to, uh, we, we did a phone call because we're, we're, we're preparing the music video for the new song we did. And, uh, like some of the best producers, it's going to be legit. I was talking to Robbie Starbuck, who's one of the best of the best, because he used to do music videos. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, we need to get on the short film train. Because I really, I really, really want to do a short film, a short film about the legend of Gellert's grave. You've told me about this one yeah, before. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Do you guys know the look into story? It do you have an elevator, elevator pitch for it? Short version is, Old dude from Wales, back in like the 1100s or whatever, goes out to do his daily deeds and leaves his son and his dog back at the cabin. When he returns from his daily deeds, he sees his house has been ransacked. Everything's flipped over and he sees his son's crib is flipped over and covered in blood. Then he sees his dog, Gellert, walk over, wagging his tail with blood all over his mouth. And so, you know, seeing that, believing his dog just killed his son, he draws his sword and thrusts it straight into the side of his dog, Gellert, killing it instantly. And with Gellert's dying whelp being let out, all of a sudden he hears a baby crying and he rushes over to the, 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 the crib that was flipped over. And he, he flips it and there's his son, perfectly safe, lying next to a wolf who had been killed by his faithful hound. And they say from that day, 
Prince Lelowin never smiled again. One of the most brutal stories. He killed a dog who saved his son's life because he didn't even think about it. So I was like, I would, I would love to make a short film about that. It's only a couple minutes long. And it would just be like the most brutal yeah, short brutal. film ever. You just gave away the ending, though, man. But it's an old legend. <laughs> if we titled it The Legend of Gellert's Grave, people would know exactly what Gell- was going to happen. Gellert's Grave 2. Gellert's back. <laughs> Gellert Pet Cemetery. Uh, do, do your own oh. twist on it. Yeah, Gellert Grave Part 2. He accidentally buried Gellert at Pet Cemetery, and Gellert returns oh, for revenge. An army of other get dog ghosts. You betrayed me. <laughs> yes. All right. Where, where were we? Rilo says, does Will still support compulsory COVID vaccination? Correct me if he never did. What is his stance on abortion? Dumb or evil goes as follows. If you repeatedly, if you got, get repeatedly punched in the face, it doesn't matter why. Your duty is to fight. But, okay. Uh, no, I don't think I was ever for compulsory vaccination. Um, um, I was generally broadly like pro-vaccine in the sense that like I thought they were a good thing. And it seems like the evidence was that they worked, but I don't think I was pro-mandate. I think I was very consistent on that. Um, so I'd like to find somebody. If you can find a tweet saying different, go for it. But I'm pretty sure I was pro-vaccine, anti-mandate from, like, the get-go. Right. Um, what about your thoughts on abortion? As for abortion, I think, like, I'm, I'm anti-Roe versus Wade. I guess I'm probably, like, I would consider myself fairly moderate. Like, probably first trimester is okay. After that, I would ban it. I think viability, anything beyond viability is psychotic. Yeah, like I, the baby can live, but you've decided for some reason to not let it. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I, I, I have the same vote. I, I kind of like, I'm not personally religious, so I just kind of like see, you know, I think I see it as essentially a balance of like interest. Like it is a profound, there's a profound liberty interest at stake, like the right. And, and I think that that interest tilts more and more towards the child as like, and away from the woman as, as pregnancy goes on. And so the, I think the, like, the thing Seamus gets wrong. No, there's nothing. His, <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. correct. Nothing. I'm sorry. The thing you guys no, get wrong. No, the thing Seamus gets wrong is you you can't be absolutely pro-life because you're ignoring our blood quota to Moloch. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, like, but, like, that's, you know, people are, if, if people are asking, like, I'm, you know, there's a reason, like, I'm anti-bro versus Wade, and, and also I don't have, like, you know, I don't expect my view to take hold in conservatism, right? Like, just because, like, this is what I personally think does not mean I. I think that I think the left's barbaric, and and I'd much rather be the, on the they, right. They tried. They tried just passing a bill that would have given uh, abortion up to nine months. Mm. And right. what they do is this this manipulation where they say for the health of the mother. It's like if that was the case, you would say at you would say and every measure must be taken to protect the life of the child as well, like. If a pregnancy must be ended at nine months to save the mother, you're just basically having a delivery of the baby. Right. You know, I don't know. It's like, but they're like, no, you can abort it. Like, well, that's just killing the no, baby yeah, at nine it's, months. It's barbaric. Like second trimester abortion, late second trimester abortions, they're barbaric. Uh, and it they should be illegal. Like that's just, and that's not even getting into the question now. Like I think it gets, tr- you know, what the arguments I don't like, and I've talked about this before are sort of the, like the simple syllogisms of like, abortion is murder therefore murder is a life because i actually think like there's there's sort of an intrinsic problem of you know if you really are going to make the argument that abortion is murder then you must punish it, to me it's like to be con- that to go if you're going to s- insist on that logical consistency then you have to insist on the logical consistency of the punishment which means women mm-hmm. are accessories and need to be punished mm-hmm. pretty severely yeah like which i which i don't think is okay and so I, I kind of get to the point that 
Okay. Yeah, I think I think, but you. I mean, so if someone kills a pregnant woman, they are charged with not everywhere. double homicide. That's true, not sure. everywhere. Yeah, but the, the question the, is, like, the, someone else killing a child is is going to face a legal consequence. Why would someone killing their own child not face a legal? I consequence? I I think yeah, the uh, the 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 anti-abortion crowd typically shows there is a distinction between an abortion and the killing of a baby. Yeah, if there was a story about big buildings where they literally brought babies in and just killed them, you'd have people surrounding it, mm-hmm. smashing the windows, and it'd be going. So there's something there. Something there's is a different. difference in the moral quality of the act, right? There's a fun, like versus like an abortion versus walking out to someone and shooting them in the street. And no matter, and that's why I don't like the syllogism argument because, like you, and because I think that the pro life lobby intrinsically does know that there's a difference because they don't argue for punishment in the same way. Let's uh, right. well read some but more super I, chats because I, I don't I don't want I, I want to make sure we can uh, read as many sure, as possible. But we'll talk we'll talk maybe in the, the after show. The after yeah, show yeah. For sure. I actually have to leave. I'm sorry. Oh, my baby. Come who on. We had, who we had is 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 has been screaming for sure. Right, well, I'll just I'll, I'll, I'll right, just right. I'll make funny argument when you're gone. Okay. <laughs> Joseph Next Wilkinson uh, says, "Tim, your theory time. on fathers yeah. aborting their financial duty doesn't go far enough. If a woman aborts the child against the father's will, she should be forced to compensate the father in some way." How do you wake up for that? How do you what? How do you make up for the abortion of a child? The mm-hmm. father didn't want to be aborted. It's horrible. Uh, what's the fair market value of a human baby? Oh, 50 boy. Grand. She got paid 25 grand. Ask my right. parenthood. No, I'm kidding. All right. Uh, Butter Warrior says, make mommy milkers great again. Okay. Huh. Yes. Okay. Bill Hughes says, before Similac, mothers made their own baby formula. Now we're talking. But wait, <laughs> it, was like, it, was like, it was like milk, wasn't it? Right. It was a they crazy were, hack. Milk. They were, like cow milk. It was uh, usually evaporated milk or dried milk, and a lot of times baby didn't get babies didn't get all the nutrients they needed. They would literally just take powdered milk and caro syrup. Frosting. There you go. Perfect. You can put frosting in <laughs> one of those baked. cake things, and the baby can just eat that. Yeah. What about mashed babies peas? Babies need sugar, right? Uh, what about yeah, what? Mashed do. peas. Do they eat mashed peas? That was so, my favorite food as a kid. Peas. Formula is because babies... Uh, yeah. For, honey. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't give your baby honey, please. Fatten a thousand over here. Um, yeah. Babies can't <laughs> eat solid food until they're like one year old. So you, sh- you can't feed them a lot of stuff. That's why formula is so important. Avocados. Uh, I do agree with your point earlier, Lydia, that that formula nice, obsession with formula is like a pharma, pharmacological yeah, thing. Yeah, that, that's kind of what it looks pitch. like to me. A nice medium rare ribeye. Yes. Now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your boy's going to be big and strong. <laughs> I love it. At what age can a baby have a nice medium rare steak? Three. Three? Three years old, probably. Oh, those poor children. I know. It's tough. Oh, man. All right. What is it? Joseph says, what's your take on the stock market, Will? Curious. Uh, my take on the stock market? I mean, I think like... A lot of the sort of big growth stocks that had price earnings ratios that went wild are taking a beating. Like Tesla's taking a beating, for example. You know, they're still at a 99 price earnings ratio. Uh, like, wasn't a- AMC and GameStop went up or something? Yeah, all the all the sort of memey stuff and all the like growth, like you know, it, cool it stocks are taking a beating. A lot of the normal companies aren't taking as much of a beating. Like, I'm pretty sure, like I was looking at SPLV, which is like my index of you know, the boring Coke and McDonald's or whatever. And they're all, you know, they're down a little, but they're all doing fine. I think, um, you know, we're pro- we probably are in for some sort of recession because we got a lot of inflation out there. And to stop that, you need interest rates to go up. And so that'll create some havoc. But that doesn't mean that, like, long-term, it, I think it's not, the long-term collapse of the American economy is not going to happen, right? Like, as a result of this uh, a short recession. Um yeah, I noticed the Terra Luna cryptocurrency. I don't know if you guys have been following this, but it was worth like $80 uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's worth 
six ten thousandths of a cent now. It crashed ninety nine point nine 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 percent over like two days. Buy the dip, bro. So all it was, it was, it was one. I almost bought it when it was at one cent. I would have lost like a thousand percent of my money. Um, it's one crypto that happened. So like you're saying, a total market collapse doesn't look like it's going to happen. They're going to be crashing specific types of currencies speculative and assets buying are, back. Speculative assets are the ones that right. are going to suffer, right? Either crypto or equity, right? One of you know that's that's what that's what's struggles in a recession. I you know my thing is I I I don't have crypto because I'm like I'm going to make a lot of money off this. Ooh, yeah, no, I go for I, the utility personally. We talked a little bit about it before the show. I I, I bought in crypto as a digital asset, you know, and the value can fluctuate dramatically, but it is it is it's a digital store of value. I'm not looking for it to reach ten thousand percent and make a million dollars overnight. I bought in Bitcoin a long, long time ago, and there, you know, it jumped up to sixty thousand, and I went, "Wow, well, I'm not going to sell because that's not why I bought it." Mm-hmm. And then it falls down to thirty, and I was like, "Huh? Well, I don't care. I didn't buy it to sell it." Mm-hmm. Then it goes up to fifty again, and I'm like, "I don't even check the price. It's that's not why I got it." Uh, Mule Coin just hit two thousand. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, let's read some more. Rye Lyon says, "I was a director at a multinational that started belittling and discriminating against white men." I asked them to end the policies, and they said no, so I let them know it's why I left. Great decision. Good for you, man. Good for you. You know, we had Daryl Davis on last week, Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people were disappointed to discover that he was a racial identitarian. Mm -hmm. They assumed the story of the man who de-radicalized Klansmen was that he told them not to be racist, when in fact, he actually met them and said, race is the the, determinant factor in policy and should be, agree with me instead on my racial identitarianism, and they said yes. So it wasn't that this guy de-radicalized people from racial identitarianism. They maintained their racial identitarianism. Just their position moved a little to the left, I suppose. Hmm. I mean, that kind of changes the story a lot. It might be. I don't know because I wasn't there when he was doing it. So I don't know exactly the conversations. It might be that he's just kind of a chill dude. And it's like, yeah, I like Daryl. I do. And if he says stuff I don't agree with, like I kind of want to talk to him because he listens. It may be that he got radicalized in the past few years with the critical race theory stuff. Yeah. yeah so, so when I told him the definition of critical race theory as per the book, he just refused. Like, no, I don't believe it. He's like, mm-hmm. that's 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 not what it is. I've heard what Kimberly Crenshaw says, and then you also have Derek Bell, who um, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he praised Plessy versus Ferguson and said that you know Democrats never should have. Uh, I'm sorry that that the, the black community never should have pushed against it. So they wanted separate but equal. That's the critical race theory. That's what they want. Well, let's read some more. The trooper says, "Hey Tim, longtime fan, on your point of influencers versus blue collar jobs." I am a fireproofer for construction sites, and all I do is mask windows and walls from overspray and pull hoses all day, and I get 25 an hour. Not bad cash for low-skilled labor. Keep rocking, dude. But it's, like, really important. I mean, you know. Good for you. Fireproofing is... I mean that. Like, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Like, that's a virtuous thing to be doing. Good for you. Rain B says, Tim, a medical. I am a medical microbiologist, and that's what I wanted since I was young. My little siblings could care less and want to get money with no work and worshipped without work. Though I'm one of the grads who has loans, but I work my ass off. Well, glad to hear it, man. You know, I think people should pursue their passions and um, do their best to be good at it, but also be realistic, too, because sometimes people are passionate about folklore and mythology. And it's really cool if you know a lot and you could be hired as a movie consultant. You know, they're like, hey, we want to do a movie. It's fantasy. And we want to have, you know, these gods and these ancient creatures. And they're going to need someone who's an expert on that. But I really don't think that's going to be like 
well, a consistent job. If, if, if there is an expert out there, I'd like to know when the comet struck North America 13,000 years ago, 12,800, and caused the flood that sunk Atlantis, how long between when the comet was in the sky and they saw it and when it connected? How long was that? And who was know. running Atlantis? And who was running Atlantis at and, the time? And where did the Atlanteans go? I really want to know how long they saw that thing before it hit and how, how long the society had to prepare if they even knew what it was. All right. It was Joe Biden. He's an old guy. Psycho Dragon says, Psycho Dragon Studios is making an an ARPG. I'm a medically retired vet making a AAA level game, mostly solo dev on UE4. Where are we? We aren't rich, busy grinding away. The character in my profile is one of my NPCs. My team is anti-woke on commission. Cool. Good luck. Yeah, absolutely. Corey the Merrill says, for Mules, you could release an audio commentary viewers are meant to play with the movie. Also, please consider watching the anime Legend of the Galactic Heroes. It's available on uh, HID Live. That's a really good idea. We could do it, and we won't show the documentary. We will say we're going to show the timestamp of the documentary so you know where our commentary is in the film so you can easily synchronize it yourself. And then if you buy the film, you can hear our commentary along Mm. with it. Yeah, and then you can turn the volume down. You can do your own levels. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. The only issue, I suppose, is there might be periods where we would want to pause things. But we could, I guess. Just like leave the, the time, room and the come time back. The timestamp stops. I think we'll, we'll have to commit like, to letting it run and just, if you got to go, go, go and come back. I mean, pause it to make a point. To be like, hold on, hold on, pause. He just mm-hmm. said this. The guys, did you hear that? And let's look that up. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll do a deep dive or something. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. That'd be really cool. Samuel Hess says, hey, Will, not sure if the milk thing was slightly a joke, but I had major uh, colic as a baby. And my mom couldn't make breast milk or anything on the shelf work. So my parents used goat milk. Worked great. And as a 36-year-old gay man, doing great. It works for some people. I'm not going to say, like, goat milk doesn't work for anybody. I'm just saying, like, there, you know, there are kids who really do need the formula. Like, there's... And so... And those are the kids who are really struggling right now, right? Even with this current baby formula shortage, most people can find formula that works. Check this out. Always Point North says, I live in California, work as a ready-mix driver. There is also a cement powder shortage. Oh, what? Cement. I, mean, I think it's general gonna... supply chain problems everywhere, yep. right? Like, I mean, I think baby short formula is particularly impacted because of that, right. that plant shutdown. But there's, there's problems everywhere. Tricky says, I work for Trinet. Would suggest a different company because Trinet has been going more and more woke in the past few years, i.e. DEI training. So bad I'm thinking of looking for another job after seven plus years. Fair enough, uh, but Trinet is just an example of a company in the space yep. uh, of PEOs. Yeah. Andrew Barnes says, Dark is a radical. He's defining systemic and not systematic racism. There's a difference. Oh, is he referring to another super chat? Hmm. Tyler Price says, Ian, it was multiple impacts over 22 years. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was over 800 years. There were two bouts of like, there was this, oh, 22-year collisions. That's insane. But what I want to know is the first, the one that actually caused the flood itself. Uh, what was that? How long? I mean, obviously, it's a big question. I don't know if historians have figured it out yet. All right. They got nailed twice in 800 years. Another 800 years later, it came back. And that's why the Egyptians have all these hieroglyphs of pointing at comets, because they're like, hey, guys, in the future, look out. Get ready. Warning. Watch out. Oh, what's this? We have a super chat from someone named The Real Hydro, who says, Tim, you and Joel both had the same guest, Daryl Davis. While on your show, Daryl exposed himself. On Joe, he was put on a pedestal. Joe is mm. clueless. That's why I wonder if this is that Daryl's been radicalized more recently. Because mm. we had him at an event and none of this stuff came up before. It was great. Like I talked to him and he was not talking about any of that stuff. 
maybe no one's ever given him the opportunity to actually talk about those issues or challenge those issues and hear what he thought about them. Yeah, we started to talk about reparations. It got kind of derailed into money, but he was pretty clear, like, he doesn't think it has to be a money thing. It's just we figure out a way to repair the system. I think it was all wrong. Anyway. All right, guys, we're going to go over that member segment. So make sure you smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show if you really do like it. It helps. And if you become a member at TimCast.com, you're not only supporting our journalists, you're not only getting access to our members' content, but you're supporting alternatives to big tech infrastructure. And we're not just stopping by utilizing these services. We are actively building more right now. And I can't wait to announce it, but we got to wait until we do it before we announce it. And, you know, some people are asking about like the comment section, infrastructure questions that will be answered once we fully implement it. And it's like, a, it's, it's, it's politics, man. You know, people are trying to get us shut down. So once we get these infrastructure changes made, we can, we can do a lot. You can follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me personally at Timcast. Will, do you want to shout anything out? Yeah, just right now, follow me on Twitter at Will Chamberlain, at Will Chamberlain. So go over to Freedom Tunes. We just released a video today called Bro v. Wade. I think <laughs> you guys are really going to enjoy it. I really was said to talk, the Egyptians had a hieroglyph of them pointing at a comet. I remember seeing it when I was younger. It could have been. I'm looking into it now because I haven't looked in a long time. So maybe maybe the Egyptians didn't have that. I got to really source that before I emphatically drive it home. Have a nice evening, guys. See you next time. I want to thank Will so much for coming this evening and bringing his lovely wife and beautiful baby. It's yes, very indeed. fun to see both of them again, for sure. The baby for the first time, which is really neat. Mm-hmm. You guys may follow me on Twitter at minds.com at sarahpatchlitz as well as sarahpatchlitz.me. We will see you all at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.